two lifelong Houston sports guys named Adam, raised by Earl. Molded by the magnificent roller coaster ride that is Houston Sports. Chill H Town for the only homegrown afternoon team is talking your teams. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A team. Welcome in to an NFL kickoff edition of the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790. Did I sound like I was enthusiastic there, Wex? Did I fool you? Did I, did I make you believe? I mean, it's probably a fact. So. I'm actually more excited about tonight's game than the Texans opener. Is that okay? Seriously. Tonight's matchup, the Dallas Cowboys and the defending, reigning, undisputed Super Bowl champions led by Tom Brady. Undisputed NFL champions. Well, it's it's a takeoff. I go. I um, I'm are going, They're going to kick off in what I think. I mean, look, I, what I'm, my main thing is I don't want Dallas to be as disappointing as they were, say, last year, where Joe and I looked like total asses because we predicted they were going to be fantastic, and then Dak... Huge excuse. You I know, but, they were, but they were disappointing before he put his foot on backwards. You have to admit and, and the thing about, I am not a Dallas Cowboys fan. In fact, I'm quite the opposite. And I hate that city and I hate their fans and everything about them. But I think that they are probably the most likable group of Cowboys, if that's such a thing, in the last 30 years. And I like Dak Prescott from an individual Did standpoint. Did you like Tony Romo? I, we had to a me, that's, prob- that's probably the whole thing. Relationship. Yeah, Tony Romo was less likable to you and many others, because, probably, than Dak is. the main reason why? Because he wore his hat on backwards. Is that right? Trust me on this. You hated it more than you remember. I definitely didn't hate it. You hated I it. I don't hate it at all. You did. I was When you said what was the reason, I was really scrambling. What could it possibly be? No, I think that... Like, that, he's a nobody, a, a real, true nobody, who all of a sudden was here, very here's good. Here's the thing about... Was that, he about, overrated so people didn't yes, like him? They thought he was the better than Tony he was. Romo. I'm going to describe it for you, and it's not the hat thing. I knew Tony Romo would be the lead topic today. <laughs> well, I mean, it is the Cowboys tonight. No, Tony Romo, the, the, the reason he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way is because people with brains in their heads that watch the NFL knew that if he played for any other franchise, he would not get the run that he got. That's it in a nutshell, is about as succinct as I can make it. Most Cliff's Notes version. I know there's more complications that go into it, especially with that team and their owner. But I, that's what I think about, you know, Tony. Dak, I don't feel that. Like Dak is easy to root for. He really is. Whether he plays for the Cowboys or not. I, I like I'd like to see him succeed. And it's not because he's my fantasy football quarterback, because he's not. It's nothing like that. I just think there are certain guys around the NFL that if you take it back and you're not like I've got the thing about the Texans being as bad as they are on the field and off is that I've been able to kind of take back and it almost feels like nineteen ninety seven all over again. Where you're not really rooting for anybody unless you're just rooting for the former Oilers because you still do that. You're just rooting for laundry, right? Yeah, yes. But like it's a very I live a very 
NFL red zone existence. I just want to see football that entertains me all day long on the, on Sundays. Well, they usually do a pretty good job, and I think they have again this year, of setting up a matchup that should go into the game as intriguing, and hopefully the three hours of football tonight provides exactly that as we get set for this first game of the year featuring a sixth-round pick against a fourth-round pick. Strong. It's pretty strong because those two players, obviously Tom Brady and Dak Prescott, are definitely considered among the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Brady certainly among the top two or three or four or five, I guess. And, and Dak Prescott somewhere in the close to the top echelon of quarterbacks, 8, 9, 10, 11, somewhere in that neighborhood, not speaking fantasy football-wise, but just in his uh, true abilities. And he has the uh, opportunity to take it a step further. Uh, a couple of injury issues for the Cowboys that have been well-documented, but bottom line is the NFL has returned, and it's on tap tonight. Sets us off for the weekend. The Texans naturally are uh, gearing up for game number one, and it's hadn't happened often. There was a game number one of the Dom Capers era. There was a game number one of the Gary Kubiak era. There was a game number one of the interim head coach Wade Phillips era. And previously, there was a game number one of the Bill O'Brien era. Previously. Sunday afternoon will be game one of the David Cully era. And I'll hit you with the first question of the day. Among those coaches, not including Wade Phillips... Will David Culley win more games than any of them as a Texans head coach? Wait, say that again? Will David Culley's tenure as Houston oh. Texans head coach land him last on their all-time leaders in terms of wins? Well, everybody the everybody that's come before him has inherited a better situation, yes? Mm, I mean, well, if you're saying like Dom did, no, no, that's... No, no. That's pretty ballsy. No, that's not true. It's not. And let me tell you why. I'm going to explain this. How many first-round and second-round draft picks did David Culley have? Zero. The other guys had number one, number one, so, and number one. So it would be like if David Culley picked one of the worst quarterbacks in this draft, that would be akin to Dom having David? Well, David, and I, listen, I'm hardly a Texans apologist, but would you agree with me that David Carr could have been better, maybe much better, if he didn't have his brain scrambled 76 times oh, his rookie year? God, absolutely not in agreement. Why? That's total, he was running unbelievable nonsense. No, it's not. Yes, it is. If it's, a quarterback his is, brain was not scrambled. Yeah, I'm being hyperbolic. Yes, but you're acting like it affected his play. He got hit a lot. But running for his life does affect yeah, your play you, as a you quarterback. You might want to put in a couple of minutes of film study. You might want Because he didn't. He did, too. He did not. All right. I was on the field for every home game of his tenure. Yes. He was running for his life no, all the time. No, not, not you, David. Oh. Not, I'm not insulting your ability to watch like, a football I was like, what are you talking game. about? You're right here. Same room. Five I, feet I'm, from me. Seriously. I'm talking about Carr. Oh, okay. Cars, that, makes, that makes a lot more sense now. Like, we just heard from Coach Cully this thing you kind of expect to hear from every coach, so you almost blow it off. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's the first guy in, the last guy to leave. He was talking about Tyrod Taylor. I mean, Dom may have said it. I don't think I ever remember him saying it, because if he did, he would be lying, because it just wasn't true. I don't think he had a good offensive line. I'm also not blind to that. I don't think it was conducive to good football from your quarterback. But I don't think he did the things necessary to be a great quarterback. I, I kind of think he'd admit that after all this time. But it just wasn't the case there. So, uh, again, back to what, what, I'm, what I'm getting at. Is it possible? Where, where would you think he will slot in? Among these 
three other legitimate, no offense to Wade, he just wasn't a real Where do you slot that one? Head coach here. Yeah, he'll be bringing up the Raiders. When he's done, yeah. you think he will land fourth on their list of four? Well, if he's, I mean, every single guy that you mentioned won more than, Kubiak had five wins his first year, or was it four? Uh, his first year, I believe, was a five and eleven. Yeah, that sounds right. Dom was a four win, correct? In Gary's first year was six win, six and 11, ten. Oh, that's right. I forgot he actually was, and that was with David Carr, which makes it even more impressive. He came. See the thing they inherited. He chose to inherit David Carr. That was his no, choice. You're right because he didn't draft Vince. Well, he chose to give him an extension. I don't know if it was part of his interview process, and he and the front office worked it out, but he said, oh, no, we can win with him. Let's get him some more Think money. Think about this, and this is why I am the way I am when it comes to the Texans. Not only did they not draft Vince or Reggie, they drafted Mario, who everybody was like, what? Which is what they should have done with the first pick ever when they had Julius Peppers on the board. But then they extended the guy who was terrible at that point and was literally damaged goods. And I mean, I get if you want to, if you don't want Vince to stay in his hometown and all of the trappings of that, that was like their biggest excuse. And he has, I've had a conversation with Vince specifically one on one where he said, Yeah, I knew when I left the building that day they weren't going to draft me because it was that, it was that obvious when they, when I went in for my interview to talk with them. And that just blew me away. I just, I mean, it wasn't even so much about David Carr at that point to me. It was that you have this guy right here. He wasn't even their second choice. I know. He it, was probably third after Reggie Mario was, and Reggie. Yeah, and, and which is even more astounding. But, uh, yeah. Lucky enough to have a, a private one-on-one public conversation with Charlie Casserly that Friday night or that uh, Wednesday night before. No, back then it was Saturday. Was it on the record or it off was, the record? It was Friday night before the Saturday first round. It was on the record. He was on the air with us. Oh, okay. That's when he was that when I was that's doing when he flashes said, with you guys. I don't think so. Okay, but, but that's when he basically said, "This is what we're doing," and that's when I was like, Are, "Really?" Is that when John McClain? This is what we're like, going to. You're, his... you're going to take Mario Williams with the first pick in the draft. I and keep an eye did. on this because they're not taking Reggie Bush. They're actually going to take Mario Williams. So gonna... Kubiak, sixty-one wins, three games under five hundred. Bill mm-hmm. O'Brien, fifty-two wins, four games over five hundred. And the dominator, as evidenced by his 18 and 46 record, Dom 18 and 46, 28 games under 500. The arrow was not pointed up. The two interim coaches have amassed four wins in 15 games. Romeo and Wade. Wade got none. So, well, only one of them had a deluxe my nut. My question is, where will David Cully fall on this list all package. time? Thank you. Is he going to get more wins? So that's less than 18 wins. Yes. If he coaches here for three years, he's coaching 51 games. You're assuming he's coaching here for that long. I pretty much, most, I mean, we're in a day and age where coaches will get fired rarely, but it happened after a year. Still rarely, but after two years. Three years is usually the leash if you, if What's you can't his deal? win. Is it five years? Yes. I just don't see him because here's why. But you're also it, it saying has... you're automatically letting him go after three years. Like there's, well, you don't anticipate him lasting longer than that. What I'm saying is, I don't even think it's all about him. It's I, definitely not about I him. Think, but what? But what I mean when I say that is, they're going. If they do what I think they're going to do this year, 
in next year, frankly, probably. I don't know. You mean when they start over again for the second time in a row under <laughs> yeah. Nick Casario, who yes. has done nothing well, you, to help the 2022 Texans on the field? You have to. We can appreciate the trade he made, and we'll get into that here in a minute. Yes. Some of the specs on the Bradley Roby deal uh, coming in for the Hall and why it works and why it actually is a plus move. You know, you got that ledger. Good side, bad side. The scales of justice on GM Nick Casario. Uh, this one falls in on the good side. I'll explain when we come back why I think it's he's going to be dead last, and it has to do with not only this season, but um, probably more so next year. But I'll tell you why I'm going up with my tone when I say that and putting a question mark on that, because it really does factor into it, and it largely has nothing to do with David Culley. He's a placeholder. I've said that and known that from day one, and that's fine. I think if deep down he knows that even if he acts like he doesn't, and he's going to be here forever, and he's very happy about it. Um, all right, so lots of NFL discussion to get into, as it is officially NFL kickoff day, and uh, we will get you to that. We will also uh, have our uh, – actually, I'm not sure on that, so I won't say that. But we do have our predictions for the upcoming season as well as we uh, continue here on Sports Talk 790. Right now, i got a prediction for you. If you are looking to get into a piece of furniture that is tailor-made for you, that you can watch any and all NFL games this upcoming season, the Astros stretch run, the Rockets when they finally tip off, college and anything else, why wouldn't you go to livingdesignsfurniture.com and get it just for you? And when I say that is... They're not, it's it's not a mass production here. You're getting something that is literally personalized for you. And in many cases, you've helped design it if you so choose. Living Designs Furniture can help you do just that. These are the same people that literally custom fit you for your mattress at Texas Mattress Makers. Uh, they look and see where you sleep, the way you sleep, how you go about it, and they tailor design that for you. The best sleep of the best price guaranteed. You've heard the tagline. Well, Living Designs Furniture can do just that. You're personalizing the furniture to make it exactly what you want, and you're saving big because they manufacture it right here in Houston. It's livingdesignsfurniture.com. Tell them Adam Clanton from Sports Talk 790 sent you in. They say you only have one life, so we don't waste it being Dallas fans. Dallas sucks! Back to Houston's A-Team. All right, all right, all right. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler on Sports Talk 790. Okay, so here's why David Cully will be bringing up the rear. Give me the list again. Give me the sad, sad list. You mean the numbers? No. You don't know the names? You remember the three head coaches they've had, right? Tom. <laughs> yes. Gary. Yes. Bill. That's it. And you said it excludes Wade and, and Romeo. I, I'm going to say there's a reasonable chance David Cully becomes the fourth winningest coach in Texans history this year. Because Wade has zero. And Romeo, Romeo has four. Wade didn't win a game. Remember, they opened that season two yeah. and zero, yeah, and then they lost. Gary's every game. team That's lost right. eleven in a row. That's right. And they let him go the day after they lost the Thursday night game to Jacksonville. Yes. And then Wade completed the fourteen consecutive losses to end the season. They did it in pretty dramatic fashion. It's a little bit like last year, how they found a way to lose. Dom um, had eighteen wins in four seasons. Uh, Bill had 52 wins in his 100 games, all but you know full seasons, but this last one where he was 0-4. And Gary, 
61 wins in 125 games. Okay, so he's going to bring up the rear because of what I mentioned before. He's uh, worse than 6 and 11 on average would mean that's how he gets to under 18. Which still sounds weird to me. Not 6 and 10. Right. 6 and 11. But you know, look He has at, more chances to lose games. That's the, Well, he has more chances to win games. <laughs> that's very glass, half, whatever you want to look at it. That's an interesting thought, though, that you have. He If he's, you know, he's 11 losses a year. Sounds like a ton. Like, of course we're going to fire him. Right. But six wins a year, does that doesn't sound very good, but it's more than they think the team would have this year. And if you think he's not going to get that this year, but he's going to hit 18, and he gets four this year, then one of the next two years they're going to win seven or eight or nine. And I think that's why so, you're landing him on the under. Yeah, because... Because to get that many wins, one of the three years has got to... Have some wins in well, it. Well, look, I realize that, you know. Well, let me tell you something. Oh, that's going to get old so fast. No, it's not. Yes, it is. His Gold positivity. Presence. Yeah, his positivity is going to wear thin. He was mad at the team for turning the ball over. Yeah. So mad that he had them not practice and they did a barbecue. This they is Coach for him. Cully. What did you say? This is, this Coach, is Cully. Coach Cully. <laughs> Welcome to the Texan family. <laughs> Why do I feel like. Why do I feel like he's going to start wearing the same tie as Cal that has the pattern logo over and over and over again? It's a nice tie. Is it? Yes. So he's going to not win a lot because he has inherited the worst situation. And yes, I'm saying including the expansion year in 2002. That team had three pro bowlers on defense. Well, they also this team had, doesn't have that. They had a ton of young players and a ton of future Correct. Players. Well, after that year, they didn't have because a ton of future picks. They had a ton well, of picks that year. The, the, the amazing thing about expansion drafts is that you're not selecting unknowns. You're selecting very much knowns. You're, you're selecting guys. Even if one of the knowns is Tony Baselli's never going to play for you, and that was a terrible pick as your first pick. But, uh, you know, quite honestly, you could say those expansion players were the same types of players that Nick signed all offseason. Yeah, but he didn't sign a Pro Bowler. He did probably not. If anybody was going to make the Pro three. Bowl, it would probably be Malik Collins. If you said he yeah. signed a Pro Bowler, mm -hmm. it would probably be him. But I'm you, not you by any means Gary expecting Walker, that. Gary Walker, Aaron, uh, Aaron uh, Glenn, and who was the third one? Jamie Sharper? He was the among third? them. Marcus Coleman. Yeah, but those were the three Pro Bowlers, right? That were on defense? Yeah, they were all on defense. Uh, every, every guy you mentioned was on defense. Yeah, Almost yeah. their whole well, expansion draft but, was but the first for defense. Year, yeah. Um, so he's inheriting a mess. He's inheriting, you know, guys that while they're scrappy, and I read the article today by Aaron Reese, and, and I, look, I can see where they have the chip on. We've talked to, who did we talk to about that? I've already forgotten who the guest was. Was it Lonnie? I don't, Lonnie I don't know what you're going to say yet. When, it, when we were talking about, um, you know, how you're looking around the locker room and the chip on your shoulder and because all these guys have come from other places to this basically one year melting pot experiment, if you want to call it that, and how much that has kind of cultivated a chip on your shoulder mentality. I can't remember who it was we were talking to. I mean, the, the whole idea, like, nobody inside the building views it like the people outside the building. I hope everybody understands that. The players have done, I think, a, they've been asked to, so they've answered it that way. It, it's not how they see things, and they shouldn't, and I'm glad that they don't. That They're out there... They're playing for the the job they have this year. They're playing for the mm -hmm. job they have next year. Brandon Cooks is trying to play well, so maybe he can enjoy the rest of his career somewhere. He's played with nothing but the best quarterbacks this league has it's to offer, and now he's year. playing with Tyrod Taylor. It is absolutely, but 
there's a level to which they can prove it and perform. It's it's great to say it, but you also have to look at who the like Tyron Matthew coming here on a one year prove it deal. There's not a single player here that's on that type of deal. Right. They're on one-year contracts. Right. They're not on one-year prove-it deals. They're trying to stay in the league in some cases. Malik Collins might be able to argue he's on a one-year prove-it deal. He also got the biggest money from anybody that signed here beyond Taylor because uh, he's previously had productive seasons. It just wasn't last season when he was terrible with the Raiders. He was much better and a realistic starting caliber, helpful <laughs> defensive player when he was with the Cowboys. They just – I know they can win if they don't turn the ball over, if they – dominate time of possession if they take the ball away they can and they might be capable of doing that but to think they're going to outperform the other team in doing those things five times six times seven times this year with an extreme deficiency and i mean extreme deficiency in talent there's 22 players on the field for every snap unless you're doing it wrong they're not going to have very many on the front side of that half. Like the best 11 players out there at any given time, eight of them play for the other team. Right. No, so what? that's the second part of the equation that we're getting to in this. Because you're saying, well, you don't think he's going to make it past three years of his five-year deal. Well, if you're playing, if you're losing the amount of games that you're that it takes to get those high draft picks in order to replace those players with the talent that you're saying that they're deficient in, which I agree with, then inevitably you're going to probably get the guy who you at least think is your franchise quarterback. He might not end up being that way. That's why the Sean Watson situation hurts so bad in many ways because you finally got him after nearly 20 seasons and now he doesn't want to play here. But if you do get that guy, you're going to know real quick if Nick Casario really and truly considers um, David Culley a placeholder. Because at that point, if you do have your franchise quarterback – I just don't see a scenario where you want David Culley to be the guy who's grooming him in his formative years when there's so many more other proven guys out there that could take not only your quarterback, but your entire team and franchise to a better place as a head coach than David Culley. Yeah. Right now, it doesn't matter because of what you just talked about. Because the guy's probably not here. Right. But by the same token, let's say you compared it, and it just kind of happenstance that it's the same comparison we use over and over, to Baltimore. Are you saying cultivating the talents, developing the talents of Lamar Jackson falls at the lap of John Harbaugh? No, it, it's it very falls much at his OC. It falls yes. at his quarterback coach, and that's why the people they have in those positions are the ones who I do think are doing a good job and who are the ones who will be credited with helping him. Lamar deserves the most credit if and when it happens where he develops into a plus passer instead of just being a plus quarterback, which, again— I'll remind you, he is. Well, and I don't think he's it's out of line really, to say. He's really, really good. He's an MVP. His team's going to go to the playoffs most years. They might want to have a running back. Yeah. There's probably more bad news coming out of Baltimore's practice today, and we'll get to that in a moment. But, but I don't think it's out of line to say we don't even know how good Tim Kelly is as an offensive coordinator because he was clipped every time he started doing his own thing when Bill O'Brien was here. And now we're still not going to know necessarily because, well, the guy that he thought he was going to have – isn't going to suit up for him at quarterback. I, you'd probably say you know he's good if they're surprisingly good, but nobody's yeah, expecting that. But it's it's such an uphill battle for him and the players. Like I I tend to actually think Tim Kelly's not terrible at his job, but it's we're never going to be able to prove that here in all likelihood. Tim Kelly will be an offensive coordinator in the NFL after his time with the Texans is done. I feel confident saying that. And that's I actually, what I mean by that. I, I think he will. I think he will have already probably. And I don't know if he would have gotten. A, I doubt he would have gotten an OC job this year if the Texans had decided to not bring him back. 
and, and that is would have maybe changed his career path. But I don't think anything he's going to do with this group is going to make people think less of him. And I certainly, I actually do think he can be a very good OC. I think he has a pretty good idea of of what can work, but he also needs to figure out what that is like with this particular quarterback because it does take a minute with whomever you have. It took a minute to figure it out with Watson. And I know Watson makes you look good when you call this play and it ends up being something totally different because it's a broken play. And now he's scrambling and now he's finding guys down the field. But keep in mind what they did do last year, especially when Will Fuller was out. And Chad Hansen was out there wide open. And their tight ends were out there wide open all the time. It's because they had a pretty good scheme and they knew what they were doing offensively. Those things should still be in place this year. But again, the talent has changed dramatically. Texans reportedly have finalized their deal to send Bradley Roby to the New Orleans Saints. Update you on exactly what they're Uh, Getting back in return, I mentioned what's going on in Baltimore as the Ravens, like everybody else, will start the season this weekend or Monday, and it's bad news for the Ravens, so all that and more NFL stuff as we continue here early going of this Thursday edition of the 18. Let's talk about home insurance and the fact that you're probably paying too much money for your policy if you're not using the innovative system that has already shopped the home insurance prices in this market thanks to TGS Insurance Agency. I'm telling you right now, it's as easy as can be to put an average of nearly $900 back in your pocket. All you've got to do is grab your smartphone and text the word money, M-O-N-E-Y, to 232323. The system is going to ask for your home address. You send that back and you're going to get a full quote and proposal with excellent coverage within 15 seconds from a legitimate company whose savings are also legitimate. Nearly perfect online rating with thousands of reviews. And I mentioned they're saving you close to $1,000 per year on average. You don't even have to wait until your renewal either. TGS is going to save you money, help you get refunded on your previous policy right away. It's TGS Insurance Agency. Open right now. All you need to do is text the word money to 232323 and start saving. You don't have to be a pep to get your lady to work. At your command, Mr. Bun B. She's always willing and able to give me what I want. I will play you Houston sports. That's right. Just ask your smart device to play Sports Talk 790 on iHeartRadio. I am always giving it away for free. Alexa, keeping it trill for the OG as usual. You'll never guess... Three days before the season, what the Pittsburgh Steelers and T.J. Watt have done. Uh, The season beginning is somewhat of a deadline. And he's going to become the highest paid defensive player in the NFL. According to Ian Rappaport, four years, 112 million buckaroonies. 80 million guaranteed. He held in throughout training camp. He attended. He watched. He film studied. He hung out. Didn't practice. This week, game week, he began to practice, and today, with one day of practice remaining, he and the Steelers reportedly have agreed to that long-term extension as he heads into that fifth year, and it will make him, as he is one of the best defensive players in the league, a popular choice for the Defensive Player of the Year. They must have really liked what they saw at practice. They must have really liked what they saw at practice, like a real Kelvin Cato, if you will. Oh, that was a preseason game. Four years, $112 million, $80 million guaranteed. Other NFL news today as we get to what's going down with the Texans and Saints as well. It's feared in Baltimore. They've lost another running back. 
Uh, Gus Edwards is feared to have torn his ACL at their practice today. Non-contact. Marcus Peters, similarly, they believe may have done uh, the same. Also non-contact. So it could be Tyson Williams' time in Baltimore, uh, or it could be the time where Baltimore picks up the phone and calls around the league. Looks for other veteran running backs, like a veteran running back that's among the most tenured running backs in the NFL. He calls Houston home now. He wears number two. His name's Mark Ingram. We shall see. Texans deal, reportedly. Aaron Wilson, among others, reporting that that deal is going down. The Texans will take on a bit more money of Bradley Roby's current deal, converting it into a bonus and alleviating uh, some of the financial strain that really the Saints couldn't actually, from a cap perspective, afford. So by doing so, it almost undoubtedly raised their get back from the New Orleans Saints. They'll get two picks back from the Saints, a conditional pick in 2023. Uh, the specifics on that are not yet known, have not yet been reported or confirmed by the team. Uh, the 2022 pick is a third-round pick, and the Saints actually currently have two third-round picks, their own, and a compensatory selection will be awarded because Terry Fontenot was hired as the Falcons' GM. So Bradley Roby... Texans paying more money. Adam and I were discussing this, obviously, earlier today, and I think many of you might have figured this out as well as the NFL starts doing more and more things like other sports, like when Rick Smith orchestrated that deal for Brock Osweiler, and you're basically buying picks like NBA GMs do at the draft and do with draft trades all the time. Well, you can do those things in the NFL, and to us, this was a lot like the Arizona Diamondbacks and Jeff Luno and the Astros getting together on the Zach Greinke deal. The Arizona Diamondbacks wanted to buy the Astros' prospects. The better deal was there if they paid more for it. So they said, all right, we'll pay for Zach Greinke's contract, which really means we will pay for better players. And that's my estimation of what Nick Casario is agreeing to do here. Uh, they could have had a very tiny cap hit this year and a very small uh, dead money hit next year. It will be a little bit larger on both fronts. But they're probably able to agree to a third-round pick and a, a conditional pick for the following season because they paid for it. Probably an overpay. But money is, even though I've complained about their cap situation, the lunacy of the Shaq Lawson deal that puts dead money on next year's cap, which it does because they stupidly restructured his deal right after they signed him. But the money side of it and even the cap situation they can be manipulated pretty much at all times, even for good teams, and this isn't one of them. So the Texans' ability to maneuver around the cap won't be hindered by this deal. Their ability to get better players was helped. And I can't tell you he's going to be able to draft well, uh, look at talent, and evaluate it well, but he's going to have more opportunities to swing and hopefully not miss. No, I, I mean, that's it. If, if you have been disappointed with the offseason or the draft, or everything that went into it going up, and some of that was out of his control, obviously, as we've noted, um, then maybe this will make it all the more sweeter next year when you have a full set of picks of your own and then a few extras that have been sprinkled in because of deals like this. But it, it just didn't make sense to keep a guy like that. Well, they, they technically, you know how I like to get into this, Yeah, I know, you they know. don't have all of their own picks because he's already gone through a draft and he traded two of them away. That's true. The Nico Collins trade up cost them their fourth round pick. But if Nico Collins the acquisition of Anthony Miller cost them their fifth round pick. Yeah, but but Nico Collins, a rookie 
that could be a young talent for many years kind of qualifies with what I'm saying. If you want, if you don't like the veteran also rans and retreads and whatever you want to call this current group that the, he's put together for this one year in a lot of situations, and you want an influx of young talent, um, you'll have many more Nico Collinses uh, versus the alternative, presumably next year when the actual rebuild begins. If that's how you're looking the, at things. Yeah, it's a yes and no. You will have more yeah. players. I like Nico Collins. I hope you're right. They have more like him, but they could also have more players like the ones they keep drafting and telling to go away after a year or two because they aren't any good. Well, hopefully those days are more over than usual because it has been an inordinate amount of them. But I don't feel like it's... Honestly, I don't feel good about like where we're at with the Casera regime when it comes to the draft. You have a track record of sorts, even though Bill Belichick is the trigger puller. Every like a vast majority of their scouting and their intel and the reports are coming from Nick and, and Nick's scouts. And then look at what the Patriots are doing with those pieces of information filtered to Belichick to help Nick make the final decisions. Yeah, because of what they've the lack of offense they've been able to add, like. There's a reason why the Patriots spent the most money of anyone this offseason in the most money ever. Yeah, ever. Like they and spent that's not so their much way money. of doing things. No, because they keep talking about building through the draft. And Bill Belichick has pushed back with reporters about how poor he's been at drafting, but they have been. I mean, what is, you know, we, we always talk about the gripes that Aaron Rodgers has, but Tom Brady had him too. Who did they, who did they draft? The that, gripes like, are a little bit harder to hear when you have. Super Bowl rings jammed in your ear, though. You're right, because but part of that's because Tom took pay cuts. That and was what I was guys. about to say. But like, who did they? Yeah, but they went out they bring and in? added. You're right in the drafting sense. Sure, but look who they kept somehow having on the team with him. Now that's Randy the, Moss. He threw balls no, to Randy Moss. But that's, now that's the other he threw side balls of the to other soon to be Hall of Famers. Sure, I think Aaron Rodgers has thrown passes to one Hall of Famer, two Hall, Hall of Famers, Famer. eh, maybe one. So one is who? Devonta. And he's got a career to go still. You don't think Jordy's going in the hall? I think Jordy might squeeze in. <laughs> I'm going to say tough. probably not. I, I yeah, would say probably not, too. Now, the other side of Nick Casario is that you look at the Patriots, and since he was there, they always find veterans and guys that can come in for cheap, and like he can clearly, I think, evaluate NFL talent. He did get Antonio Brown in for a week. I'm concerned about Nick Casario's ability to evaluate college talent. I think that's a huge point to make. Definitely agree. But his NFL talent seems like it's pretty good because Tom Brady wasn't throwing to nobodies, but they drafted Nikhil Harry. He was Harry. throwing to Danny Amendola, and now Tyrod can do the very same thing. Awesome. Remember when we were here in studio last? And I, I left you with, they worked out Danny Amendola, and all I can say is, don't. And Just they, and they did don't. it. Don't. And did, did you hear Indy Kalu with a straight face saying he's going to be their third best option on offense today? He is their third best option on offense. Ah, is he? I like. I mean, so it's Cooks. Yes. No, that's he's clear not. number one. No, so it's Cooks. Right. Um, Cooks, Conley, and Miller. You're one, two, and three if everybody's healthy. Yeah, you're slot then, receiver and you two. And honestly, receivers. like Farrell Brown probably have a good year. But just strictly offense. So including running backs. Anti- I mean, I mean Brown and Akins, I think, are probably going to have comparable looks, targets. Yeah. And your backfield is going to be, I think, looked at a lot. Again, Remember, the offense kind of stops like, after 15 yards. <laughs> Everyone inside of 15 yards is going to get a lot of looks. So is it safe to say that a Philip Lindsay would be higher on that 
ranking? No, because he's probably considered their third best pass catching back, although there's not much difference, but David Johnson would be considered at the top of the list. As a pass catcher. I have David Johnson-like phobia or PTSD. I know. I don't think he's... Look, he doesn't have very good vision, and he turns one-yard gains into one-yard gains, which is not really good for a running back. (laughs) such a good description. But I don't think he's... He's part of the DeAndre deal. He's so far beyond... I get it. He's not a... he, He shouldn't be the guy. He shouldn't be here at all. They had the opportunity to take a tiny dead money cap hit this year and be done with it. And instead, Nick Casario, I think erroneously, renegotiated his deal. Uh, Just it's he's not necessary. I don't know if he didn't read the market well and didn't realize a player like Philip Lindsay would be available, or that they could fill in the gaps with anybody. But that's anybody. the way he, that's the way they went with. It. I don't think he's a. I don't, I don't even know how to say it. I, I know his numbers will show that he's not going to be super productive here, but. That's kind of he's he's the epitome of what they have on this football team. I think top to bottom, you know, they have the other guys, the guys that come in like what Baltimore is going to have on the field this year in the backfield. The Texans had all of that at the front of the line. Chris Conley is a reserve receiver. He's now a starter. All their backfield, they're all reserve running backs. Now they're all starting. I mean, they're all going to be starters for this team. It's just who this team is made up of. It's top to bottom. That's the way they look. That's what they are. And that's how they've decided to attack this year. I don't think it's going to play too well. And I don't think, much more importantly, it really does anything to help them in the future. And they're not committing any money in the future, but it would be pretty hard to do that because you'd have to get players to want it. And to get players to want long-term deals to come here, no matter how much you overpay, never seemed like it was ever something that would be discussed. And obviously, it has not been. Uh, Another uh, segment to go, and within that segment this hour... We're going to give you a key phrase to listen for here, and I'll tell you what that is next. So when we come back in the final hour of the show, in the 5 o'clock hour, you'll hear that key phrase again, and we've got an awesome giveaway for you. All sorts of tickets to an event coming up here in Houston. Give you the details on that uh, as we continue here on the A-Team, but wanted to make sure you know that is what is coming on the way as I tell you about uh, making some money. How about selling your car? How about calling up Car Bingo and selling your used car? How about you call them at 87 Car Bingo and you're going to get a real offer in two minutes? Trade in, sell it, you're going to get paid on the spot. It sounds great. Because it is great. Carbingo.com is where you can find out more information about them. And you can sell your vehicle right there and get paid top dollar at Carbingo.com. You get your offer, trade or sell. You get paid on the spot. It's a real offer. It comes in in two minutes. It's 8-7-CAR-BINGO. They're actually also looking to hook people up with some work. Because they need drivers. You can call them at the very same number. 8-7-CAR-BINGO. 8-7-CAR-BINGO. Trade or sell. Get paid on the spot. With that used vehicle, just call 87-CAR-BINGO. That's 87-CAR-BINGO or carbingo.com. One show, two atoms, endless possibilities. The A-Team continues on Sports Talk 790. Hey, team, rolling along here on Sports Talk 790. By the way, at the top of the hour, we're going to give away our um, predictions for how we think this upcoming NFL season is going to go. Division winners, wild cards, 
conference champions Super Bowls because it all kicks off tonight. And it'll be the uh, Cowboys visiting the Tampa Bay Bucks, the defending Super Bowl champs, and uh, the 2021 NFL campaign. The first one was 17 games will be off and running before you know it. Uh, we'll also catch up with what Troy Aikman had to say about the Deshaun Watson situation. He visited with Sean Salisbury this morning and um, had a few thoughts on that that whole thing. And, and mainly what got my attention was the fact that, and I mean, maybe this is the way you're interpreting what he had to say, that there's maybe still a chance that they could reconcile. I, I don't know if that's what he's saying. I don't even know if I want to say that I think that's what he was saying. But it's just sometimes I wonder if people are really paying attention, whether it's because it's Houston or the Texans or whatever the reason. I, I just don't know how anybody could think that this is reparable at this point. Like, there's no way, right? Like, I know that time heals on all wounds, and if he's not playing for whatever reason, like, there's no way... They get in a room together, and the amount of differences that are clearly getting in the way of him playing for this team ever again are taken care of, all of them. No offense to Troy Aikman, and it almost sounded like to me during this awesome interview this morning, he readily acknowledged he's not close to the situation, and his job isn't necessarily to be on top of things like this. He needs to be very well-schooled in the league and the two teams he's about to do a game for, which he always is. He doesn't know much about this situation, I, I don't think. And, yeah. and and very few do, to be fair to Troy. Very few do know exactly what is going on on the inside of this non-discussion, never to be, you know, I don't know if they're sitting down and talking. I don't know if there ever was any opportunity to reconcile. I know that they've spoken face-to-face. -face. We've seen it. I've been on the practice field. Nick Casario had talked to Deshaun Watson. Who knows what about? And obviously not about any of this. You know, David Culley's talked to Deshaun Watson plenty. Well, I don't see them in the facility. I don't know that he and his agent have sat down with anybody. I don't know that he sat down with anybody. But the bottom line is there's nothing to suggest anything is different today than it was then, nor that these sides are both looking at the same, we want Deshaun Watson here together at the end of the day. Like, yeah, two sides should be able to get together and like Jake Odorizzi said yesterday, we're adults. We'll talk to each other. It's people fight, and you figure it out, you work it out, and you move on. And there's no ill will. I'm really upset it's we just didn't get not, a chance to tackle that. It's not the situation they have here. There, there is ill will. They are not acting like adults because you would think you would normally be able to find a solution to this. And because of the other circumstances, it's not helping. But there's the solution is an odd one, a never basically to be seen before in the NFL, and maybe never seen again. One of the five most talented quarterbacks currently active in this league isn't going to play this year, and he's not hurt, and he's not suspended, and he's getting paid. That's I mean he's right. He's, he's active. He's yeah. So he's a healthy scratch essentially every single at, at his request. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, I mean I'm not saying that's technically how it's going down each week, but the reason he's not playing is because he doesn't want to play for this team. It's that's what it is. It's never going to happen again, I don't think. It's pretty incredible because most of the time when you have a player say something like that, something gives one way or the other, but usually the other is him getting traded or going elsewhere, and that can't happen here because of those circumstances. The so. NFL does start tonight, as we noted, and as I mentioned before we went to our last break, listen in the 5 o'clock hour. It's our Football at 5 segment. We'll be talking a lot of things about football, but specifically you'll have to tell Joe – what the phrase to listen to was when you call in and your cue to call in to win the tickets we've got for you. Got tickets to the Barrett Jackson Classic Auto Auction. 
which runs three days starting a week from today, the 16th through the 18th. It's over at NRG Center. We are going to be there live, so this is your opportunity to come out and see us. We'll be out there Friday broadcasting the show. It is a live action auction. Collectors, buyers all over the place have come to NRG Center. And America's top automakers will be there in the exhibitor marketplace. We've got tickets for you. And in the 5 o'clock hour, we're giving them away to you. In the first segment of the 5 o'clock hour, your cue to call in and win is when I start talking about Tom Terrific. When I say Tom Terrific, in the first segment of the 5 o'clock hour, that'll be your cue to call in. You know the number. It's just a regular number, 713-212-5790. You'll tell Joe what I said, and he'll say, how about those tickets come your way? It's that simple here on the 18th. So terrific. Hey, uh, you know what else is terrific? Uh, Men's Tea Clinic. The fact that I'll be heading over there tomorrow for my weekly visit, and if you are thinking you might have low testosterone, just not sure, whatever the case, you want to get over to mensteaclinic.com first and foremost and educate yourself on what low testosterone is, how it can be affecting you, and not just in the obvious ways like lack of performance or desire in the bedroom. We're talking about fatigue, emotional changes, problems with memory and concentration, even unhealthy changes in your sleeping patterns, all of this can be attributed to low testosterone. So you go to mensteaclinic.com, you find out which one of their five Houston area locations is closest to you, whether it be in the Heights, Cypress, Pearland, Pasadena, or Spring. All of those locations have on-site labs, so you'll get that test done and get your results that same day. And if you need treatment, they can go about planning an effective and efficient way to get it done for you. It's Men's Tea Clinic and mensteaclinic.com. Tell them Adam Clanton from Sports Talk 790 sent you in. Two lifelong Houston sports guys named Adam, talking your teams. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A team. There we go. We couldn't do this segment or the next one until we got the proper soundtrack underneath it it's that time the 2021 nfl season kicks off tonight in tampa bay where the defending champs will be welcoming the dallas cowboys to town which means it's time for us to do some predictions now joe i'm gonna let you dictate this the order and the style in which we do this but we all have our picks if you will who's going first you can go first you want me to go first yeah, sorry, just the, run through we, the whole thing let's uh, uh do the afc so give us your four division winners and your three wild cards in the AFC. All right. In the AFC, I have number one pick in the 790 fantasy football draft, Josh Allen, leading the Bills to the uh, AFC East crown. I've got the Ravens, which might surprise you. Is this in people. order of seeding as you're giving that? I'm just doing divisions. Okay, that's fine. Um, Bills will win the East. I got the Ravens winning the North. I have the Titans in the... Less of all the evils, AFC South. Um, but I, I, I'm tentative about that just because I hope... Derek Henry, I, I could see this being the year where he starts to fall off. And if he does, I could see things going badly for them. But because the other three teams are just horrible, the Titans win. And then obviously I've got the uh, Chiefs winning the AFC West. Okay. Wild Let's card? hear from you. Oh, uh, sorry. My four? Okay. Uh, my four, I have the Tennessee Titans also in the AFC South, uh, the Bills in the East, the Chiefs in the West. I disagree with your Ravens take. I think the Cleveland Browns are by far the best team in the AFC North, so I have the Browns winning the division. 
in the AFC. I didn't get my wild cards. Of we'll, go, which, we'll go back. Yeah. So, all right, Wex, give us your four. The Bills, the Browns, the Titans, the Chiefs. Chiefs will win the division comfortably. The Titans will win the division comfortably. The Browns will win the division comfortably. The Bills will win the division comfortably. No one will be within a game of the division leader in any of the four divisions. I was about to ask, what's comfortably? Bills are going to win 14 games. Dolphins win 11. Browns are going to win 11 games. Steelers will win 9. Titans will win 11 games. Colts will win 8. Chiefs will win 12 games. Chargers will win 10. All right, Lex, let's hear your wildcard team, then. Well, looking at the numbers here, that leaves the Dolphins at 11 and 6 as the top wildcard team, the Chargers at 10 and 7 as the second wildcard team, and let me check one thing on the uh, NFL schedule. I'm trying make sure to see this something exactly correct because if they are, I'll just I'll give the Steelers the tiebreaker to send them into the playoffs. Because they're a couple of nine and eight teams, I'll give them the tiebreaker of the Patriots. That's good. I think uh, I'm struggling with what to do with the Steelers and the Ravens in mind. Personally, I have the Chargers as my highest wild card team. I've got the Pats next. I think they're going to be really close behind the Bills in their division. And then, you know, even though the Ravens have lost five of their six leading rushers from last year, only leaving Lamar Jackson. In the last minutes, they have added Devontae Freeman to their practice squad to go along with Le'Veon Bell and Tyrese Williams as their main running back. I think they have a move in them that they're going to make at some point this season. So I'm going to trust that they're going to continue to be a good regular season football team, not a good playoff team. I'll get the Ravens as my last team in the wild card. Browns are my highest wild card, followed by the Chargers and the Dolphins. Not too much differentiation there. Head on over to the NFC. Several more good records over here. Uh, the Bucks are the top seed at 13-4. and four. Same record as the Packers will have. Packers will win 13 regular season games for the third consecutive season. They'll win their division very comfortably. Uh, Rams at 12-5. and five. They're the three seed. And the Cowboys are a football team. They will tie the <laughs> football team with the best record in the uh, NFC East at 10 and 7. The football team will hold the tiebreaker and thus the fourth division title in the NFC. Mine's exactly the same. I think I think Washington's going to I think it's going to be a little farther than that for the Cowboys. Like I think there's the reason why they're 10 point underdogs tonight against the Bucks is because everyone's expecting their defense to be terrible. I think their offense could be electric if Dak stays healthy, but I think the Washington football team, they've got the best defense probably in the NFL. It's at least top three. And then you have Curtis Samuel, Scary Terry McLaurin, well, Logan I'm not Thomas. so sure about Curtis Samuel. Did you see that yesterday? No. He basically didn't practice because he got hurt during warm-ups. So they might not have him. What's the Didn't injury? really get it a definitive word okay. on extent of it, but interesting. As in, like he's been trying to obviously get back yeah. on the field. He didn't feel right. He didn't feel good about it, and he left the field. Uh, and then I, I think Antonio Gibson's another factor. But like I, I just think, I think Washington football team their defense is so good that as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick plays, I was about to say, does that offset Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing it to the opposing defense? But their quarterbacks last year did the same thing. It's just That's ha- true. it's just so hard for me to like look at their team last year and be like, with Taylor Heineke, 
They played the Buccaneers in the playoffs better than anyone else in the playoffs. They are more competitive than the Chiefs. They are more competitive than anyone else. If Ryan Fitzpatrick is their quarterback, they should be really good this year. And I think Ron Rivera is a great coach. So I think they're going to win that division pretty handily, honestly. But mine's the exact same. Bucks, Packers, Rams, Washington football team. Uh, yeah, the Washington last season had the fourth most giveaways in the NFL. They just shave some off of that number and they'll be in good shape. Yeah. Which their quarterback situation has improved slightly. I mean, it just kind of depends on what he decides to do this year. And every year you employ Ryan Fitzpatrick, you don't know what he's going to decide to do, even on any given week. But they had nothing last year. Last year they had 16 touchdown passes and 16 interceptions. And both of those totals are embarrassing. Yeah, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is better than that. They, he'll also throw the ball more than one foot beyond the line of scrimmage like Alex Smith likes to do, liked to do. And what the Texans' offense will do this year? That's what they will do this oh, year. Oh, kill me. Uh, I, mine are all the same except for the NFC East. I have the Cowboys winning that division. Well, when we get through the wildcard teams, it might show the same thing for week one of the postseason. Washington and Dallas are playing. In week one of the postseason, because the Cowboys I have is the top wild card team, and Washington is the worst division winning team. Uh, so the Cowboys, and then there's a three way tie for the final two wild card spots in the NFC between Russell Wilson's team, Taysom Hill's team, and Andy Dalton's team. Who should I leave out? Uh, probably Andy Dalton's team. I mean, I mocked two of those teams, so clearly they're in the running to be out. Russell Wilson's team will win it. Uh, we'll get in via a tiebreaker. I'm going to say Jameis Winston's team will also get in on the tiebreaker, and Justin Fields' team will be at home for the postseason. That's fine. Here's what it is. I did have to do some extra math on this to make sure my totals worked. Yeah? Yeah, because I put in the records for all yeah, 32 NFL records. teams. He overachieved. I did the records, too. I'm just not rolling through them right now. Um, so my three NFC teams, I had the 49ers as the number five seed. I think they're going to be really good this year with Garoppolo or Trey Lance. Specifically, though, once they hand it over to Trey Lance, they should be a good football team. I've got them as the five seed. I got the Cowboys as the six seed. And I'm really struggling with my seven seed. I'm going to put the Seahawks in. I don't think they're that good this year. I think they're going to struggle. I think they've way overpaid for certain guys like Jamal Adams who don't really impact the game. From a turnover margin, eight sacks is a cute number. But at the end of the day, what does it really do for your defense besides know that he's going to be in the box the whole time and not any help over the top when you're playing any of the teams in your division that are going to throw it all over the place? So I've got 49ers, Cowboys, Seahawks as my three NFC teams. Seahawks, Saints, Washington football team as mine. Did we run to the... Do we have a bottom five? Like, a, if you will, a <laughs> rotten five? Um, Can we bit steal here? Can we play the intro? The five teams with the fewest wins in the NFL next year, according to this guy. This guy. The Texans are the only three-win team. The Lions are the only four-win team. The Bengals and the Giants are five-win teams. And the Jets? Host of teams with six. So The but, Jets or the Eagles okay. or the Panthers or the Falcons or the Raiders. Those are my... And the Jaguars. Those are my six-win teams. I think the bottom five for me is going to be 
in no particular order, it's going to be the Texans, the Lions, I think for sure are locked in. Bottom two. After this idiot today talked, I'm putting Jamar Chase and his, I don't see white stripes on the football anymore, so I keep dropping them. Bengals, also he in the top five. He didn't say that. He did. He didn't say that. He basically said, I dropped the football because he the football said, is different. I'm adjusting to the NFL. And there, because there's no white stripes on the football. He had, there were some other things that were some issues there. The, the ball is harder. The ball what? Is bigger. What? Okay. And Maybe don't sit he, out a season when you're healthy. He he acknowledged that yeah. rust was probably part of his issue. Yeah. Where do you have the Raiders coming in as far as their win total? I don't know. So six my, and eleven last place. So they're one of the six win teams. Yep. Okay. So my bottom five, yeah. Texans, Lions, uh, Bengals, Giants. I don't know. And you know why it's important for us to give oh, you a rotten five? Because the Texans are going to get the number one pick in the draft? Well, that's important for them all by themselves. They're the rotten one. <laughs> but these other teams, the Raiders and Derek Carr, the Giants and Daniel Jones, the Lions and Jared Goff, the Falcons and Matt Ryan, the Panthers and Sam Darnold, these are all the teams that might be in the... I mean, I, I guess we have the arsenal to pick up the phone and call Nick Casario to see if we can get Deshaun Watson here yep. and see if he'll say, yeah, that's one of the teams I'd be okay with going to. The problem is, while all of those teams might generate the interest they might not currently have today, I just set a scenario up where these are all the worst teams in the league that now want him. But he has a no-trade clause. Is he going, if he's in the same position and holds to the same ground, and I'm, again, not utilizing a lot of the unknown yet from the legal side of it, I'm not sure what would compel him to say yes to any of these we're a long way from winning teams. I'm sorry, like, then retire. You're right. That's what they should tell him. The, the Bears missed the playoffs, and they have a top 10 pick, so the New York Giants have two top 10 picks, and they want you. So we, the Houston Texans, can have the first pick, the third pick, and the ninth pick now in the 2022 about, draft. Now you're talking about Deshaun, a Herschel Walker, Walker yeah, Hall. Deshaun, you're a giant, or your ass is going back to South would, Carolina to or Atlanta, wherever you're but from. he would go to New York. I agree. Plus, it, it actually, honestly, the more time goes on, and I'm looking at this, New York makes the most sense because it is in the NFC, which obviously checks a box for the Texans. They don't want them in the AFC. And they're obviously not going to trade him to the Dallas Cowboys. Not that they would be. I'm just saying. And then um, it's a New York market, which yeah, is. I'm just saying. Like, for Deshaun's people, would they would love that. If there's a team that has multiple first-round picks and is willing to pony up to what you want after everything that just happened, and you can fix your franchise, you either take the deal and tell him to go, or you say, screw it. We'll just be terrible for the next six years, and you retire. And when you're ready to come back like Carson Palmer, we're still not going to let you just go wherever you want. We're not the Rockets. We're not going to just bend over and like let you go somewhere Easy. and ruin. We, we're on Sorry, the flagship here. But we're not going to very just, sensitive these types. It worked. It worked for the Rockets. It's not going to work for the Texans if you just let Deshaun to say, "I want to go to the Dolphins." They wouldn't be in this situation if they were like the Rockets because they would have let Deshaun do whatever it is he wanted to do with the team, like right. the Rockets did with James. The Rockets would right? never have a Jack Easter yeah, be employed no, in their Eric, franchise. Also Eric, true. Eric Bieniemy or Robert Sala would be the. Could Texans you imagine what Tad Brown would have done to a guy like Jack Easterby? Murder him. He would have said <laughs> he would have that, put him over his knee and spanked him out the door. He wouldn't have done anything with him. He would never have worked alongside of him. That's true. He would run an organization that would, would have seen no value in hiring him. He would have been like, "Less f this guy," and then later he would have been like, "Tillman, f this guy, free this guy." 
What do you mean? I don't know what the F stands for. <laughs> that doesn't free. Um, no friend friend you're this guy. Good, oh like a facebook friend this guy you're not good at this are you friend i don't know joe do you want to tell him what it means i'm laughing <laughs> all right tell um, him you have got to friend this guy just click this button here conference you, championships you got a friend request from a and jack super Easterby. bowl winners boy if that guy friend requested me i want him on the show so bad i want him. we why? gotta we got but why do you question think? number one is what why <laughs> Your turn. Talk, Jack. Why? That's it. Why? Why, God, why? All right. Um, we will get our conference championship winners and our Super Bowl predictions when we come back. Right now, I want to predict that if you call Aqueduct Plumbing Company at 281-488-6238, you will have peace of mind. Why? Well, because nobody likes to think about plumbing issues, but you have to sometimes. And sometimes you have to think about them in a sort of uh, preemptive strike scenario. Like last February, when the temperature started going down into the teens, even though we live here on the surface of the sun, and people's pipes were bursting because it was too cold for the type of piping they had in their homes. And my home was one of them. A lot of people around the city had this problem. But if you had your home repiped by Aqueduct Plumbing Company with their Type A PEX piping that it freezes and expands but does not burst, you would have been in good shape. You wouldn't have had any sort of damage to your home. And you would have been able to put your head on that pillow at night, not worrying about what you were going to wake up to the next day. That's just one thing they can do for you. And for free quotes on repiping, repairs, or any of your plumbing needs, call Billy, the owner, or Mary at Aqueduct Plumbing Company at 281-488-6238. 281-488-6238. Or online at aqueductplumbingcompany.com. Aqueduct Plumbing Company, they're at your disposal. Using your turn signal on your drive home greatly reduces the chance of a tire iron through your windshield. A helpful tip while riding with Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler. The A-Team continues on Sports Talk 790. Continuing our run through the NFL predictions. Into the playoffs now with our 14 teams. I'll start only have one upset in the opening round games. Chargers taking down the Browns. Got the Bucks and the Packers playing for the NFC Championship, if that sounds familiar. Got the Bills and the Chiefs playing for the AFC Championship, if that sounds familiar. Uh, I've got the Bucks winning again. This time I'm going to let the Bills win the AFC. So I've got the Bucks and the Bills in the championship game. We call that the Super Bowl. They're going to play that on the West Coast. After winning Super Bowl number one with the Bucks on one coast, he's going to head to the other coast and win it over there. I've got a repeat for Tom and the Bucks. Interesting in the Super Bowl. Okay, Clinton. Well, I hate to take all the excitement out of it, but I've got the same thing happening. Like everything: Bills, Chiefs, Bucks, Packers, Bucks, Bills. Yep. All right. And I didn't even know that he did that. Hit I thought about paste ma- here. I-, I thought about putting Chiefs over Bucks. Is this document shared, and I just don't know it. <laughs> uh, no, it'll go up on the blog at some point, though. But um, I just, again, and I've said this all week. I feel like the Bucks returning everybody, which is like the rarest of rare in sports, not just the NFL, is why I just cannot. Until I'm proven otherwise, I'm on that Bucks train. No, that's fair. That's typically my uh, my take with. Uh, the, with LeBron and Tom Brady as well. I'm going to change it up a little bit. 
So I'm gonna go Chargers versus Bills as well. So mine is similar in that, and then Bucks versus Rams in the NFC, which means we are one game away from the Battle of Los Angeles in Los Angeles, but the Chargers won't get there. <laughs> I'm going Rams versus Bills in the Super Bowl. Wow! And something that's never happened in the history of the NFL until last season. A team winning a Super Bowl in their home stadium will now happen for the Two second years in a row straight year after never happening. And I'll take the Rams to beat the Buffalo Bills. So the, are the Rams the beating the Bucks to get there? No, I've uh yeah, I have the Rams beating the Bucks. Okay. And the Bills beating the Chargers. So Tom Tommy gets to the conference championship, he just doesn't win it. Yeah. Um I mean the I NFL think, likes that. I'll be honest with you. I think, think? the I think the AFC is wide open. I do too. I think everyone that we all put in the playoffs is a contender. Well, because here's the Nobody thing. Nobody put the Colts in, and I think there's a reason for that. They but suck. If Carson Wentz is good, then they but can be... But that's the biggest if ever. I know, I know. But I think the Steelers can still be good. The Browns can be very good. The Ravens can still be good. But I still think the Chiefs are better than all Finally. those teams. Finally. What did the Chiefs do to you guys? Well, hang they on. They have three rookies they're, on their offensive, their offensive line. line. That's and very, last, very important. Their offensive what? line got worse? Yes. yes. Worse than the one we just saw. No. It's, it, it, is it better than what happened in the Super Bowl? Yes. But Mitchell Schwartz is not there anymore. It's the personnel. It's not... I'm just I'm skeptical on their offensive line. And, okay. and Patrick Mahomes can offset a lot of that because he's, you know, Superman. But uh, Who does the offensive line breaks down for the NFL? Well, let me... Just one more thing on that. They... Some of that is who you're playing. Every defensive line isn't doing that to them. Right. The Bucks defensive line will do that to them. Which is why I have them repeating as Super Bowl champions. Okay. So what was your question? Who who does the uh, the offensive line? Baldy, right? Brian Baldinger does all the uh, offensive line stuff for the NFL Network. Yes. He did one one of his breakdowns. Baldy's breakdown. And he was showing it's just a, a preseason game, but he was showing. The Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes on in a preseason game, dropping back in the pocket, having a clean pocket all around him, and making the decision to roll out for no reason. And the concern that he was pointing out is that if Patrick Mahomes is not damaged goods, but is now scared to step up in the pocket because of what the Bucks did to him last year and what the Bills did to him last year, in the playoffs. Well, like, and the if blueprint's he there. If he doesn't have confidence in his offensive line anymore, and Patrick Mahomes is scared to step up in the pro- in the pocket, yes, they're not the Bucks, but the Bills have a damn good defensive line. Yep. The Ravens have a good pass defensive line. The Titans is not good. The Browns is awesome. The Chargers is awesome. Like, there are plenty of teams. The Patriots, if they play the Chiefs, if he's scared to step up in the pocket and that offensive line is, isn't what it once was... Then that's a scary situation for the Chiefs. Their defense is not great. Tyron Matthew is still not playing. He'll miss one game. Maybe. Yeah, so he's not even yeah. out yet this week, but it's not looking good. Sure, but he hasn't practiced. Now we know most guys don't practice. We don't know what he's able to do currently while he's on the COVID list. Like he's a veteran. Yeah, but as long as he's physically capable, he'll be fine. Yeah, in my opinion. So I'm just I think the Chiefs are good, but like it's hard to. We talked about this on Tuesday with uh, with Clemson. Like everyone just thinks Clemson's going to be Alabama, and Dabo Sweeney is going to have Alabama. I mean, going to have Clemson being like Bama in the playoffs, in the playoffs 
all the time, churning out talent and just being great. People want to anoint Patrick Mahomes as like the next great quarterback, but and as the next Tom Brady, just because he went to two Super Bowls, but in three years. But things change. But yes, things you're right. Change. But what didn't change, which is good, is same back, same tight end, same wideouts. Yeah. And it, what did change was their terrible offensive line. I think it's by the end of the season, I would hope if they're healthy, will be way better than the line they took to the playoffs last year. Brown, Thune, rookies, you're right, but I think Humphrey was a fantastic draft pick, and he's now their center for 10 years. Their their offensive line, to me, got a lot better this offseason. A lot better. Maybe it's not a lot better week one, but it's definitely going to be a lot better by week 19 when no, they maybe play their first playoff game. That's totally fair. I just, I'm... I'm skeptical. Continuity counts. I'm I'm just skeptical. Like I just everybody he's gonna throw the ball to back. will have caught a ball from him in the past. Yeah. Lot of to me that's tremendous continuity. And, and just the, not at the five guys in front of him. Well that's in, in what the first in the first round last year they took Clyde Edwards Alaire and he was kind of a nothing for them, honestly, last season. If he becomes the guy we all thought he was gonna be coming out of LSU in year two, it's dynamic. If they had a run game and a guy that can like really catch out of the backfield that's Which, awesome. if they can, Andy Reid's the guy that'll but do I'm it. But I'm just, I'm not ready to ride him down. I was like the next Tom Brady and just bet on him getting there all the time, even though that should have been his, that should have been his third Super Bowl in a row. I mean, how come you're so down on Edward Solaire? I just felt like he wasn't productive last year. I mean, he was hurt and had over yeah. a thousand yards of offense. That's fair. But like, I just, I don't know. Like, I think our expectations kind of got skewed early in the season. I'm not sure why. He was really good in the first like five weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who you played then. But oh. Anyway. The the team that has a song about them? Week one, 25 carries, 138 yards mm-hmm. rushing, mm-hmm. one touchdown. Good start. Very good start. You know how many other games he had 25 carries and 138 yards? Zero. He, he did have one. Oh, okay. Just one. He only had one other 100-yard game the whole year. He only had one other game with more than 20 carries all year. Red, white, and blue so I think you were skewed a little bit by, man, this guy's going to crush it. And then he, he was okay. But he did play through injuries pretty much, I don't know, most of the back half of the season. Or, or was not on the field. Do you want to go to the college campuses next? That's what we always do. So, absolutely, the A-team's going on campus next. All right, looking forward to that. Looking forward to telling you again about Living Designs Furniture and Texas Mattress Makers. Our buddy Yuval caught up with him last week, the owner of, well, both of these companies. But they're all in under one roof. They're located at the same place, 4619 Navigation at the corner with Lockwood. Texas Mattress Makers has been giving you the best sleep at the best price guaranteed for a long, long time. The way they're able to do that is is the same way they're able to give you the best furniture over at Living Designs Furniture. It's because it's the highest quality materials, craftsmanship, and everything else that goes into it. It's the lowest price because it's manufactured right here in Houston. You are able to get that high-quality furniture and personalize it to make it exactly what you want. Like the chair I had built for uh, the theater in the back of the house. Absolutely love sinking into that at the end of a day, every single day to catch an Astros game. I'll be sitting in it tonight watching the Bucks and the Cowboys. Whatever's on that big screen, I'm sitting in that chair from Living Designs Furniture. Check them out online at their website, livingdesignsfurniture.com. iHeartRadio, the free app for your music, your stations like Sports Talk 790, and number one for podcasting. iHeartRadio. 
As always, now that the season is underway, it's a big weekend of college football as the A-team goes on campus each and every day here on the show. Over the course of the season, we will talk a little college football. A lot of guests to come in and join us over the course of the season, all brought to you by our friends at Blackland Distillery. Today we will do something we will do each week also as it relates to professional football over on uh, Kirby. The future Texans quarterback. Got to watch the college game if you're going to find out who the future Texans quarterback is because he's not currently on the roster unless you love Davis Mills, their current backup quarterback who's yet to throw an NFL pass. Does anybody love him? I believe his girlfriend and parents do. <laughs> I'm sure Tori does. but What about anybody in the Texans organization? I would assume their general manager loves him. He took him with a third-round selection, so I would hope you love him. But for our purposes here, we will focus on the college game. That's part of the quarterback stock report that I will write up for you each and every Monday. In this case, it was Tuesday since there was college football games through Monday night. Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler, Desmond Ritter, Keaton Slovis, Malik Willis, JT Daniels, Carson Strong, Matt Corral, and potentially others as the season opens up. Uh, got a viewing guide for you for this weekend as well. You don't really have to get up early this this Saturday. If you, if you want to make sure to catch each of those eight quarterbacks I mentioned, the 11 o'clock games, don't feature any of them. There is one of the big games of the weekend, though. Oregon and Ohio State have an 11 a.m. kickoff. I think Oregon might be a little better than they think, although it would be nice if Thibodeau was at 100% for this game. Ohio State, slow start, fast finish against Minnesota last week, uh, and I think they will come out of this game still undefeated, whereas Oregon will not. But at 2.30, that's when you start to take a look at the possible future Texans quarterback. George is at home for UAB. JT Daniels was spectacularly unimpressive against Clemson this past week. We'll see if this week is any different, or if he possibly loses his spot on this list. Desmond Ritter uh, was basically what he was last year in their opening game. They really didn't face much of a, I guess, pushback from the opposition. Four touchdowns in the air, another on the ground as they manhandled Miami of Ohio. And he is a little bit better moving in the pocket and running the football than he's probably being given credit for. So keep an eye on that this weekend as Cincinnati hosts Murray State. Those games are 2.30. Uh, when those wrap up, you should be locked in on Spencer Rattler's second attempt of the season. It was a very entertaining game against Tulane this past weekend in Norman, a game that was originally slated to be played at Tulane, but uh, because of Hurricane Ida, it was moved, and Rattler's second pass of the season was picked off. Uh, he had moments of really, really good, had moments of not so sure, which basically looked like last year. So at some point this year, let's start to see if he looks like he's made progress. Progress with his reads, progress with his accuracy, all the things that I suspect will come in short order and maybe start coming this weekend when they are host to West Carolina. Liberty's 1-0. They beat Campbell. They actually have a pretty good matchup this week. They're on the road at Troy, and Malik Willis is a name you ought to know by now. I hope you know by now. We've mentioned it many times on this show over the course of the last year and change. He had some spectacular plays. While he's not going to be the guy you think of first, and he's not going to lead off the highlight shows, he has more highlight throws and plays as anybody else. Obviously, we're early in this season. But uh, up on this blog post that I have for you, you'll see some of those plays. Two just absolutely brilliant uh, throws right on the money, right in stride, 
Big Six scores. They got Troy this weekend. Those two games I mentioned are 6 o'clock games. We got a pair of 6.30 games. And the guy who had the best weekend opening weekend was Matt Corral, Ole Miss quarterback, supreme athlete, fantastic thrower of the football, explosive big play machine. Not sure how good Louisville is. I think they'll be a little bit better as the season progresses. They probably benefited, uh, Ole Miss did, by a targeting call that eliminated the use of one of the best players targeting call. on Louisville's defense. There was only 70 of them in the game on Monday night. Yeah, there We were... didn't even talk about that yet. The targeting rule is the worst rule in all of sports. It's accomplishing, I think, seeing fewer of the hits. But sure. it's like all these other rules we talk about. They, they don't usually have an idea. We talked about it with Brady of the consequences of the other results. The other results are they're putting players on the sidelines that shouldn't be kicked now, out of games. Now there are people now there's two different plays like in the Ole Miss game. There's like there's one where it's clear targeting because of the way the player drops his head. It's clearly face mask to the dirt. Your head is lowered. You're going to paralyze yourself. You should be thrown out of the game for your own safety measures. Then there's both guys lower their head a little bit, and they go head-to-head with the quarterback or the wide receiver. What's the quarterback doing? Dropping his head. Sliding. Late. Well, that's, yeah. And like, but and he's not really making a bad, bad play. Calls. But yeah, I think I'm okay with the penalty and the, the call and the, the personal foul. The penalty's fine. We've it's, got to keep those players on the field. You have to, if they're not lowering their face mask into the dirt, basically, and dropping their helmet and putting their life in danger... You have to be able to measure intent with with this it's targeting hard, call. But you're utilizing replay. We're not asking the game officials yeah. to make that call. But on a third and three in a tight ball game, you're not trying to kill someone on purpose with your head. Probably. Most likely. Most likely. Uh, they've got Austin P this week, but it's at home. Only I say that because I, I feel like, other than Vanderbilt, when these SEC teams are playing their first home games of this season with the fans and everything that goes into um, their tailgating and pregame, especially at Ole Miss, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a sight. It'll be a fun game for them. Don't think it'll be much of a game itself. Uh, Georgia State, UNC, Carolina back home after a very disappointing opener for Sam Howell and the Tar Heels. They were not good. They did not protect him well, and he made some really bad decisions with the football, especially his last interception, a uh, decision you just flat out cannot make. He did. He'll try to correct that this week against uh, UNC. You'll see it when you watch him if you haven't already, even if you try not to make the comparisons. He plays football just like Baker Mayfield did at when he before he was drafted and a lot of what he's still doing uh, for Cleveland. So some good, some bad. The two night games, USC's hosting Stanford. Stanford will have a new quarterback. Keaton Slovis was perfectly fine last weekend in a no contest game. And Carson Strong is the quarterback for Nevada. I don't think you've seen him play because they play so late, so often. He was like Willis this week in terms of some of his throws were just absolutely beautiful. Also had an interception that is a huge red flag when you get to the NFL. Stares down the receiver, never looks off the safety, would have otherwise had a touchdown. Instead, safety knew where he was going with the ball, came over and easily picked it off. Those are the types of things you watch when talking about these eight guys. Any of those players I mentioned, what they did this weekend and the look ahead to next, all can be found right there on the blog at Sports790.com. The Texans' future quarterback report. And I have one thing to say about it. Every mock draft you read is going to have Spencer Rattler and Sam Howell as the quarterbacks going to the Texans. They're at the top. 
today. But if, you, but if you look at NFL history, they're wrong. Watch the other quarterbacks. Right. Baker Mayfield, in six mock drafts, way too early before his year, did not appear in a single mock. How about the number mocks one. that were put out the day of exactly. the draft? <laughs> Kyler Murray, no one had him going number one overall. Joe Burrow, he was a seventh-round grade for Todd McShay. Do you envision a scenario where the Texans just don't take a guy yes. because they don't I think the feel four like best the players, guy's there? I think the four best players in the draft are probably on defense. And hopefully one of them, like I said, in Thibodeau, is is healthy enough to show it all year. Having his ankle turned uh, and rolled on this past week, unfortunately, was part of his story. We do have some other news to get to, and that will be the focus of our very next segment. Uh, someone we did not get a chance to talk about a whole lot yesterday because of our shortened show over at the brewery, over at Carbach. Well, Jake Odorizzi spoke after the game from the heart. Then he spoke before the game, after his meeting with... Brent Strom and James Click and Dusty Baker. And today he spoke to the fans via a social media post. So we will hit on that breaking news when we come back. Uh, let me tell you about my friends over at Black Land Distiller. It's where they're here with us during college football season. And I know the crew over at Black Land Distillery loves college football season, especially early on with the good reviews from game one for their Texas Longhorns. The owner over at Black Land, Marcus Kiprios, a proud Longhorn, and he's also proud to be making ultra-premium spirits. They're for everybody here in Texas. They're from Texas. Everything's bigger and better in Texas. We know that. And Blackland Distiller is absolutely following that to AT. How about these ultra-premium rye whiskey, bourbon, gin, vodka, and their newest spirit. And it's sitting right there on my bar at the house. Probably need to get that refilled soon. The Texas Pecan Brown Sugar Bourbon. Smooth, great flavor, little to no burn. It sounds great. It's even better when you drink it. Blackland Spirits can be found at Specs, Total Wine, many of our other major liquor stores around Houston. If you're out and about somewhere and you want it, well, just ask them about it and see if they can get it on in-house because the odds are they can. So step up, ultra-premium spirit time. For Blackland Distillery, for more information on my good friends over there with their Texas-made ultra-premium spirits, just visit blacklandfw.com. Better than an 80s movie reboot. You know, I pity the fool. Our A-Team returns. Now giving out free Mohawks. Back to Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler on Sports Talk 790. Back here on the A-Team and into a totally different conversation off that college football chatter. And it should be a fun weekend. we got a lot of games to discuss tomorrow and look forward to right here on the family of networks one of those such games for the bayou bucket i have some very entertaining bayou bucket audio coming up for you in the five o'clock hour u of h and rice getting together this weekend uh it's a rather important game i think uh for those two head coaches we'll get into that uh shortly but mentioned that the uh the words of jake odorizzi were louder than any of the pitches He's thrown for this team so far this season. Five innings worth of work in his last start. Uh, out after those five innings, after allowing just two runs, after throwing just 66 pitches. And even though the time he was taken out of the game from then until the time he was asked his first question in his uh, post-game Zoom press conference by Brian McTaggart, hours 
had passed, multiple hours had passed. And I explained to a few people briefly on the show, but mostly on Twitter, that it kind of gave you an idea of how much this was boiling over for him, that that far after the game, after many of these starts now, it's all kind of adding up. He obviously had things to say. Uh, the question uh, that was asked, he gave an answer to. So compelled, like he said, he wanted to talk to management and the manager and the pitching coach, which they facilitated uh, that very next day. And then he met with the media and kind of explained um, they're adults. This is what adults do. You're, it's a long season. People fight. Uh, and now everything's fine. And there's no ill will. And now on top of that, as we dive into our dramatic reading with your Houston Astros, at Jake Odorizzi, writes this to Astros fans. A lot has been made of my recent post-game comments. I have spoken with my manager, coaches, and teammates about them, and I want to take a moment to address the fan base in my own words. We had a tremendous and exciting win that night, and this overshadowed that, which I'm sorry about. The first question slash statement I was asked in my interview was, quote, Five innings seems to be the limit at this point. How do you feel about that? Are you frustrated by that? My response followed. As an athlete, you want to push the limits to continue to get better. That's what makes us all competitors. My emotions post-game were still running hot as a starting pitcher. We get one day to do our, quote, job and contribute to the team. So those days, everything is amplified for me. And yes, I could have chosen some less salty language, but I'm human. And that's what I went with in the moment. I want to do everything I possibly can for the team. Every time I touch the mound, I want the ball, and I will always want the ball. And sometimes that competitive switch doesn't flip off so easily. This is a very special Astros team that I have a lot of passion and care for. And just thought I owed it to our fans out there to hear directly from me on this matter. Things have been ironed out from our end moving forward, and the focus is solely set on winning. Thanks for taking the time to read this. Much love, Odo. Odo! Is that what we call him now? Uh, yeah, that's what I've we call him. I've never heard him called that. Um, during that particular post game, after speaking with Dusty, we were told we would hear from Odo, <clears throat> Carlos, and Bregs, which we did. Mm. Uh, Bregman and, and Carlos, both with the uh, late inning heroics, and Odo. With five innings of solid work. Breggy and Los, if you will. Uh, no, I'm, I was literally oh. telling you the words that were used, yes, the names yes. that were used in, in that instance. Um, as some would say, Jake's chili was running hot. He was he was boiling. His chili. He was he was he was hot, and he said as much. He didn't spill it. Like we had a chance to hear from the general manager. In between all that, Jake post game. General manager joined the Sean Salisbury show that very next morning, and he actually used the same words that Jake would then use, both in his availability before the afternoon game and then in this dramatic reading writing that he had for his social media followers and everybody who retweeted it today. And Click and Jake basically said, this is the type of competitor that you want. Do you want someone who wants the ball? Now, the selfishness of this was certainly seen by many, heard by many, uh, and he kind of acknowledged the overshadowing one of the most important, biggest, dramatic, good-feeling wins we've had all year with his, some would say, belly aching. He recognizes that here in the comments, but I think you could view his comments as less selfish and more 
from a pitcher standpoint, from a starting pitcher standpoint, which I think is more of what he's trying to say here and more of what he said during the pregame on Wednesday. I, I can't help this team but once every five days. I can't help this team unless you continue to allow me to help this team. He you know, acknowledged, I can't make my numbers the third time through the order or after the fifth inning any better if I never throw a pitch in those situations. Now, I could clearly, it, just because he does it doesn't mean they're going to get better. He's not going to have more success, but he's not even being given the chance to have the success on that day. They should never have a plan for Jake that says, look, we're definitely letting you pitch a pass the fifth today. But they should also probably, in his mind, not have a plan that says, there's no way we're letting you pitch past the fifth inning today. New game every day, new team you're facing every day, you got new stuff every day, or whether it's working or not. Granted, the numbers should be valued, and they're not a fluke, and he's had issues in the past in his career. He's clearly had issues here with that third time through the order and uh, in the sixth inning and beyond. Just not a massive sample size, but a massive jump up from a negative perspective, on those numbers. I think he said to us this was over when he met with the media before the game, and now he's again trying to say it's over. The other part of it does sound like maybe he's talking also to the guys he talks to every day, just to one more time make sure. Love you guys. I'm try- I wasn't trying to take well, away from what was there. I'm not a selfish guy in that regard, and let's just you know keep on trucking towards a division championship and for him, a rare postseason opportunity. And, you know, just for example, Drew tweets in and says, I respect it. I mean, we had a crybaby closer who punched himself in the face, Good point. screamed down the manager, and acted like a bozo while blowing saves and losing games, and that dude never addressed his behaviors. Very underutilized word. I try my best here. Bozo's a good one. It's good. It's it's soft enough to, to get a laugh, but it drives the point across, and it definitely should be next to the picture of Ken Giles in the dictionary. He said J.O. owned his words and actions. I like it. I can't disagree. Well, that's so. the thing. Like, he, when he's, things were going badly, I mean, we've got the stuff in the system. It sucks to suck. I mean, when you're crappy, you're crappy. I mean, he ripped it. He was terrible, and, and he, he knew it. And then I thought it was BS, <laughs> this latest, you know, he d- and which I, I agreed with him. I was talking to someone uh, about this as it was going on these two days, and that's what I told him. But having He is, if he thinks it, he'll tell you. Yeah, he's he, pretty he, transparent. He's, when he's been good, when he's been bad, when he first got here, when he hadn't pitched, when he wasn't ready to pitch, and these last couple of days, this is what he thinks. It's... That's what he wants to say, because that's what he thinks. Yeah, I'm by no means a huge fan of his work, obviously, but I can't help but admire the way he's handled this. Can I give you one more thing within the last 60 seconds? He's talking about his last six starts that have been so good. Yeah. His last six starts, his ERA is 290. Frambers is 276. Luis Garcia's is 270. Lance's is 370. He's thrown the fewest innings of any of them. Because yeah. he doesn't get I, to pitch. He has pitched much better than people think recently. And he needs Including that his third time management. through the lineup to prove that he's going to be able to continue doing that. And he didn't get that. And that's why there's a lot that goes into this. We will uh, continue to discuss it sucks, that. Suck. And you know, pretty much I got my ass kicked today. 
There's really nothing else I can add to that. So, I'll tell you this. Classic Chevy and Sugarland doesn't suck. No, no, no. Quite the opposite. And their sister uh, dealership, Classic Chevy Highway 6, doesn't either. As a matter of fact, that Highway 6 location is open for you for your convenience on Sundays, which isn't typical of dealerships, but they do that as one of the many ways they show you what it means to relax and enjoy the difference. That's why Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian's dealership, Classic Chevy in Sugarland, has been named the GM Dealer of the Year. 10 years in a row. You can relax and enjoy the difference. And you can also get a lifetime engine guarantee, lifetime of car washes, and two years of free maintenance when you purchase a vehicle from Classic Chevy in Sugarland and Classic Chevy Highway 6. Tell them the A-Team from Sports Talk 790 sent you in. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A-Team. 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 Are you ready for some football? It's five o'clock somewhere. Professional football in America is a special game. That it is. We are here, football at five here on Sports Talk 790 on the A team as we get you into the final hour of the show, and we love this part of the year. And this particular day happens to be the first day of the football year with the Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting together. It's going to be regular season game 302 for Tom Brady tonight when he takes the field against the Dallas Cowboys. Tom Terrific is exactly what that so nickname suggests it is. And hopefully many of you were listening earlier when I told you to call in when I say Tom Terrific and we'll have tickets for you for the Barrett-Jackson Classic Auto Auction. A four-pack of tickets to the callers at 713-212-5790 since I said Tom Terrific. Now, normally that's not how contests work. We give you a key phrase, and then we make you listen, and then when you hear it, you call in. But I'm a nice guy, and I'm helping you out even more than that. Again, the auto auction comes up between the 16th and 18th over at NRG Center. That is next week. Begins a week from today. We're broadcasting this show out there next Friday from 3 to 6. So those of you winners, come on out and see us. So Tom Terrific, it's year 22. This will be opening game, one of the season start number 19 for him. When he was a rookie, he was not the starter. He was an active. Uh, his second year... He did not play. He also missed the start in 2016 because he smashed his phone. Usually that doesn't prevent you from playing football, but in this case it did since he likes to deflate footballs and Roger Goodell doesn't like him. So he was suspended back in 2016. His first 12 starts as an NFL quarterback, they won all of them but one. But in his last six opening day starts, game one, they're only three and three. And they did not win his first game with Tampa last year. Last year, they were on the road at New Orleans, lost 34-23. He was pretty underwhelming, just like he was for the beginning of his Tampa tenure. A couple of picks, a couple of scores, nothing too spectacular. And the Saints' defense got after them pretty good. I'm not so sure that that's how tonight's performance for Tom Brady is going to play out. I don't know if he's going to have his third career opening day four touchdown performance. But I suspect, like all but two of the others, uh, he'll throw for a touchdown. At least one. And I do think Tampa emerges tonight as the league's first 1-0 football team. And the Giants, the Eagles, and the football team vault 
into first place. Into first place in the with NFC East. zero wins Just or like losses. The, yes. Or ties. But the Cowboys will be 0-1. Yeah. Um, I You know, there's aging like fine wine, and there's what Tom Brady has done. And it's it's kind of one of those things. You hear this all the time. Well, you need to – I mean – you know, you need to enjoy watching this person or this team because we're never going to see this again. I just don't know that we're, especially with the way things are um, from a salary. And the, again, Joe mentioned the biggest reason for this: um, the the way Tom was able to win a lot of what he's won is because he was saying no to more money and was being unselfish when it came to the contract situations in in uh, New England. I just don't think we're ever going to see because you have to have the talent. And then you have to have that aspect of it, at least the way things are currently constructed in the salary cap realm, um, in order to even have a chance of something like that. Then you have to put the team around a player like that. And I just, that's why I'm like, bring it on. Whatever it is, Tom Brady related, I'm long past, you know, being oversaturated with him or, you know, thinking he's air. All these things that people make up excuses as to why they don't like Tom, it's okay just to appreciate greatness sometimes. And that's so- what we're still getting. Are you still okay if we entertain a Jordan versus LeBron versus anybody will to whomever debate? Like it's it's reasonable to have it. You're okay with that? It's uh, not an based obvious... on what I just said. You would have to say the same thing about no. LeBron, but Let's, so but you're okay that that debate still exists. And if we had one in baseball, for sure there's a debate because I don't even know what the definitive answer is. There's, there's a debate on who the best is, and I'm not saying the best football player ever. But it is different because it's the quarterback. There's no debate. There's no is debate there? on quarterback. No, it's over, right? It, it's actually, honestly, I thought it was over after he beat Seattle several years ago. That's after, when I thought it was over. After Pete Carroll threw the ball to Russell Wilson, who threw the ball to Malcolm Butler, who didn't hand the ball to Beastmode. Well, Pete Carroll didn't throw the ball to Russell Wilson. The camera the on Tom is to pretty legendary. Yeah. He's like, I can't believe we're going to lose. I can't believe we couldn't stop We him. won! Oh, oh, my God. He jumped up in the air. Oh, my God. Surely they wouldn't be so stupid as to hand me another Super Bowl on a platter. Well, but I just think that... Um, He's going to pass uh, Drew Brees this year yeah. with most yards ever. Um, he's going to hold so many other statistical records, and now he'll even benefit from being the only quarterback, basically, on this list, maybe other than Aaron Rodgers, that's going to play in at least one 17-game season to accumulate even more numbers. And people mm-hmm. are really having a hard time with this um, around talking about sports in the 17 games. And I'll get to that in a minute. But I'm one of them. Like It's crazy. how uh, like Because it's programmed into our I know. brains. So last year, there were eight players who rushed for 1,000 yards. And so some people are saying, you think there'll be more this year? You think there'll be less? It's a passing league? I'm like, there has to be more. There has to be more. Just look at last year. 60 more minutes of game. If you know this guy averages 96 yards a game or 87 yards a game and he finished with 986. Well, the thing is, I mean, he's got another game. Remember when a thousand yards was an accomplishment and then all of a sudden it really wasn't anymore? It's definitely, it's a benchmark. It shouldn't be regarded like it is. And now even more so, it shouldn't be be regarded like it is. 1,200 yards? Well, it should be something like that. Well, he's a 1,200 yard back. That's how you're going to say it. But nobody wants to do that because we're so lazy. You want to keep it at a thousand? Yeah, it's too easy. Oh, it's a thousand. He got a thousand yard season. He must even, be good. Which it's even more uh, easy to accomplish that now. You had an extra game to do it. You could sit out another. You could get hurt another game. It's okay. You got seventeen on the season. What would you call a good day running the football? How many yards should In you have? This NFL today, tomorrow, tonight. 
25 carries, 120 yards. So a good day would be 120 yards. Yeah. If you can manage to get half of that, you're going to run for 1,000 yards. Yeah. It takes a grand Which total of 59 yards a game That's... over 17 games to get to 1,000 yards. I honestly feel like I could do that for the Texans right now. You have high hopes for their offensive line because these better be gaping and I holes. Definitely do it for some of the good teams in the league with offensive lines. Well, we do have tomorrow, obviously, and we'll lock in on that for sure with all the rest of it. But because tonight's the opener, and because you know, the Texans are having a season, I don't think we've looked much at the rest of the opening weekend. So I look forward to doing that again with everything we've got going on tomorrow. What's going on in Baltimore? They open the season on Monday night. And man, that storyline of who's left in their backfields is an incredible. Uh, thought we were going to get Justin Fields versus Aaron Donald on Sunday night football to open the season. Instead, we're going to get Aaron Donald demolishing Andy Dalton. Can't wait to see that unfold. Jalen Hurts makes his first opening game start. Uh, as the guy on the road at Atlanta for the Eagles this weekend. Big Ben returns to the Steelers, and they're playing what I think all of us believe is the best team in the AFC on the road in Buffalo. The end of the Jimmy Garoppolo era will be sometime soon, but he will start on Sunday for the Niners at Jared Goff's Lions, which is a thing. Also, Dan Campbell's Lions. I like that a little bit better. I feel like there's a chance... Dan Campbell will enter Ford Field on Sunday actually riding a live lion. So I am looking forward to seeing if that's, in fact, what they do. Carson Wentz. Will he be dragging some kneecaps behind him? Indianapolis quarterback at home, full participant at practice today, as they take on that Seattle Seahawks team we were just discussing. All right, we've got plenty more to get to as we continue on here in the 5 o'clock hour Sports Talk 790 as we get closer and closer to the 2021 NFL kickoff right around the corner, which means I'm getting closer and closer to the chair that I sit in to watch those games. There's one spot in the entire house, and what's funny is that Carson likes to uh, crawl up in it like, (laughs) see, I took your spot, Dad. He knows what's up. He knows that I have an affinity for the Living Designs Furniture creation that Yuval and his amazing staff made for me at Living Designs Furniture. Go to their website, livingdesignsfurniture.com. Better yet, go to their Instagram account over at uh, Living Designs Furniture and see what they can do for you. It's the same thing they've been doing at Texas Mattress Makers, their sister company, for years and years and years. The best sleep at the best price guaranteed. Quality craftsmanship, the highest quality materials, and of course the lowest price possible because it's manufactured on location right here in Houston. The factory is on site. They pass along the shipping and other savings to you, and they're not skimming at all on the quality of the uh, products that they're making. That's because they allow you to personalize it, make it what you want, make it exactly how you want it to see, to feel, and everything else that goes into it. That's what they do for you at Living Designs Furniture. They did it for a chair for me, uh, for a sofa for my my wife, and uh, everything else they've done for so many people across the greater Houston area in addition to giving you that break on the price. It's livingdesignsfurniture.com. Tell them Adam Clanton from Sports Talk 790 sent you in. Adam and Adam. Well, I'm sorry. Adam wanted top billing, so excuse me here. Adam and Adam. Back to Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler on Sports Talk 790. We haven't talked much about the Astros other than uh, Jake Odorizzi's third set of comments since his last start, which was only a couple of days ago, a post-game, a pre-game, and now a social media post, and hopefully, from his standpoint, putting everything that was said 
Behind him, on the field, not for the Astros today. They have the day off while at home. Usually pretty helpful for a ball club, especially off of an afternoon game. So a whole lot of opportunity to get better as they face the likely MVP of the baseball season in the American League on Friday. We'll be over at the ballpark tomorrow for the program against uh, the Angels and Shohei Otani, who should be on the hill for the Angels. And it might be a time where the Athletics think they're a good baseball team. Again, they finished up a series victory over the Oakland A's. Just a few minutes ago, a 3-1 final, A's over the White Sox, but like I said yesterday, late in the show, from Carbach, in my opinion, A's wins over the White Sox are good for the Houston Astros. The Astros are trying to have a better record than the White Sox. They don't need to try as hard to have a better record than the A's. The A's got to a their high water mark a couple weeks ago after a win over Texas, got to 19 games over 500. And they've lost twice as many games as they've won since that point in time. Um, They have had a real skid. It's why the Astros kind of treading water hasn't really impacted the race as it relates to them. The Mariners have been able to really get into the thick of things and pass the A's, as have the Blue Jays in the wildcard race. But as far as this division race goes, uh, the A's are by no means buried. I just don't think they're the next best team. So the idea that they're going to win a couple series, set up those final three, two series of the season against the Astros, two of those final three series are against Houston. Six of those final nine games are against Houston. But we'll see if it plays out this way. I think today's A's 3-1 victory over the White Sox, which keeps the White Sox uh, from getting closer to the Astros. White Sox are now 80 and 60. I think it's a good thing. And the Astros obviously idle today at 81 and 58. Now have a one and a half game cushion. I'm not sure how many of you even think that's a big deal to have one more game in Houston than in Chicago uh, for this postseason series, which again looks very, very likely to happen. The White Sox should have their clinched division uh, in hand pretty soon. They're, like I said, 140 games into the season with 22 games to go. They're 10 and a half games better than the under 500 Cleveland Indians, who are second place in the Central. So they're playing even though, like I said, they're in a race with Houston. A very different set of unpressure packed games and today was kind of a game for these playoff bound teams or playoff in the playoff race teams. It was a battle of the two worst teams against this competition. They're the only two teams in the playoff race. Toronto, Boston, New York, Tampa, Chicago, Houston, Oakland, Seattle. Those two teams are the only two teams that are under 500 against teams that are above 500. The A's are way below 500. 16 games below 500 against good teams. And the White Sox are five games under. They don't even have the best record against that, over 500 teams in their own crappy division. They're the biggest, AJ's Tigers are a 500 right. team against the good teams. No, Chicago's the biggest enigma for me because they look the part of a legit contender. They've got a scary pitching staff that you probably don't want to see in the postseason. Um, although the Astros' offense would be the ones to thwart something like that. They did in Chicago. They did not in Houston. That's what I'm saying. And and that's that's the other weird part about this. But, the, I mean, you just said it. Their division, they scream fraud. The Chicago, because they're getting fat on those teams. Well, they should be. Or they should be, yeah. And, and they and are, because their, their record inside their division. Well, to be 11 games in front of anybody else. I mean, well, I'm they, not saying the Astros... Mainly because they stink. they're only... 
11 games over 500 in their division. Yeah. The Astros are 19 games yeah. over 500 against the A's, Seattle, and the Angels, all of whom have better records than anybody in the Central or very close to Yeah, it. and I'm not sitting here saying, because I've been screaming that I don't think the Mariners are a good team, much to the chagrin of my co-host. Well, but they're not better here, than I anybody. A, in the, I don't have a foil. Well, they're better than anybody else in the AL Central, not named Chicago, that's for sure. Um, but so is everybody else in the division. That's a crap division, yeah, the I AL think Central. Sh- Chicago, I don't think, is a fraud, but the, some of their numbers suggest that they are. I just think they can be a little bit better product this point in the season, playoff time, than they have been over the course. But yeah, they should be, they should have probably, legitimately, let's say they were like their record suggests, or their players, their record could be. They could easily have the same record as Tampa well, this is, playing okay. in their division. So and if they you're did, bringing up Tampa. they literally, we'd be on the verge of putting their magic number at zero. This this With 20 games left. The inverse of this is that Tampa is really that good because I mean their their division. I mean, just think about the Blue Jays, for example, who are basically bringing up the rear. Not name the Orioles, who are 42 games out. Um, if they were in the AL Central, I mean, that would be a dogfight right now because the the Blue Jays are good. I think they're a good team. I know they have the same record as the Mariners. I know what you're doing. I see no, your face right now. They are only one game better. Well, they're Same in a of much better division, and you know, I, I just think they're a better team. Well, they're playing their best baseball of the season. They ran roughshod over the Yankees. They've won seven in a row. They're a game and a half behind New York now, and they're only two games back of Boston, meaning they're two games back of being at the top of the wild card race in spot number four, let alone spot number five. They're currently sitting in spot number six. So this looks awesome. For how the end of the season is going to play out, most of these teams are going to finish with a tremendous number of in-division games. Tampa against Boston, as we just saw. Yankees against Toronto, as we just saw. Yankees-Boston, all this stuff. The same is true for Houston, as they finally finished up with Seattle. So it means their remaining division matchups come against the Angels starting tomorrow. They have another series with the Rangers and two series with the A's. The team that, to date, gave them the most trouble in their division... They're finished with the Mariners. Uh, the Mariners, and again, we I, we were talking about this off the air yesterday, and you're right because they're what thirty six and eleven over the last since twenty nineteen. That's the Astros' record against the Mariners. I mean, they've pummeled them, including twenty nineteen, where they won all but one game. I believe it was mm-hmm. eighteen and one. Yeah, and yet. Well, it's really, it's not even a get, the players they have now weren't even on that team right. two years ago, They're basically. Just so, I'm just, I'm so glad I'm not, like, I don't know where Kyle Seeger is going to land, but I'm, I hope it's out of the division because all he does is hit home runs against the Astros with a crappy average, just like everybody else on that team. Marmaleos yesterday with the key hit, he hits 150. Like, they suck. I don't know. I don't know what to make of them because they just, they just hit home runs and extra base hits when they do get their hits, which isn't very often. They're like the A's offensively, and the A's now got some pitching, so that's why they had their way with the White Sox in this particular series. But three games with the Angels coming up, and it does appear uh, they will get to see, I would I would hope they get to see Otani, just from a baseball fan standpoint, all three days. He gets the start tomorrow. I'm not sure why they wouldn't be able to utilize him the other two days, even as they've done things this season. I don't think there's any way he, he doesn't win MVP, but what's kind of interesting about the season as a whole he's been a monster his offensive numbers seem like they're just ridiculous and yet as the seasons continued salvador perez could easily pass him for the home run title vladimir guerrero's right there for the home run title simeon's not even that Salve far hits behind one like every night almost he's going to set the record for monsters. home runs by a catcher 
Yeah. In a season where, unfortunately, it didn't help his team win a lot of games. It helped him win a lot of games against Houston. Who has the record? Pudge? I believe Bench's 44 is the all-time record. Okay. Uh, but there's some statistical individual things where it seemed like he was just so far out there. They're going to be good. And like I said, Vladimir Guerrero, Marcus Simeon, and maybe a couple other guys are having seasons where... If you didn't know anything else, you'd say, oh, my God, how far, how much did they win the MVP by? And they're going to get zero first-place votes. And he should get every one of them. He's amazing. It's, we've never seen anything like it. When you when he, you have a season, especially in baseball, it feels like we, we see a lot. We've never seen that's anything like That's what I was about like to this. say. Like, you know how hard it is to be able to say that about anything baseball-related at this point in 2021? I have never seen a pitcher give up a run in, the, in extra innings with a runner on second until last year. <laughs> But that was last year, and now, this year. now I see it all the time. Right, right, right. Yeah, Shohei Otani is well. It's pretty obvious why. Close personal friend of the show, Ben Verlander, is a huge fan, and a lot of other people are. So too. maybe when we next get Ben on, since you mentioned that, maybe we need to do this uh, for tomorrow's show. He, someone mentioned something about Justin Verlander not attending Astros baseball oh, games. Oh, Ben got salty. And Ben responded to him, and I thought he was accurate in what he had to say. And didn't get I didn't think it got nasty. It was just a back and forth. I don't think what you're saying holds water. And it was someone on versa. Astros Twitter, wasn't yeah, it? Definitely, a local. Yes. Uh, all that happened in the last, I think, two days. Mm-hmm. I was, and um, I thought it was pretty interesting. I thought maybe you'd have an opinion on what he said about it and what was tweeted five hours ago from at... Justin Verlander. It's a picture of Justin, bunch of wine, and the missus. And it says, family time over everything. Heart. Almost feels like it was, yeah, thanks for getting my back, bro, and you're 100% right. I don't hate the Astros. I don't hate my teammates. I'm not staying away because I don't want to be there. I have everything that I need. I'm going to be ready to pitch when I'm ready to pitch. I wish I were out there, but... I'm not. Hey, you can't pitch, and the alternative is to stay at home and drink wine with Kate Upton. Which do you choose? Going to the ballpark or staying at home with Kate Upton and the wine? Come on. He's just a Verlander. He can do what he wants. Whoever you are on Twitter and everybody else in America and the world. And the world? Wow, you sounded like a... Planet Earth. Yeah, a little bit like Ronald Burgundy. I would have liked to have used him a little bit more last weekend, but the Padres didn't quite cooperate. Yeah, those have been uh, pretty entertaining things, and I'm hopeful for at least two good mornings <laughs> to our friends and family out there in the Twitterverse and the Facebookverse and the Instaverse this weekend, thanks to him truly. Got a uh, lot to get to still on the NFL side as we look forward to the NFL season beginning this evening as it has finally arrived. Cowboys, Bucks, less than two hours away from beginning our NFL fun for another go-round. Let me tell you about Ice Cold Bud Light. What are we talking about? We're talking about the pigskin. We're talking about enjoying another pro football season. We always talk about the weekend full of football, college football, and everything that goes with it. The tailgating that goes with it. Well, we know it goes with tailgating. That is Ice Cold Refreshing Bud Light. Cooler full of Ice Cold Refreshing Bud Light. And just in time for football season, Bud Light always steps up. The Bud Light NFL Houston Texans 16-ounce aluminum can and 12-ounce glass bottles are back. Very slick, 
Very pro your team. So this NFL season, enjoy an ice-cold Bud Light with the H-Town Rally Cry. Wherever you are, cheering on the hometown team. And you know what? You always enjoy that Bud Light safely and responsibly. Bud Light is for the fans. Houston, it's your home team. Man, lifelong Astros fans here. Anytime, anywhere. You gotta love your home team. The go Rockers go. Just tell your smart device. Play Sports Talk 790 on iHeartRadio. Playing Sports Talk 790 on iHeartRadio. Hey, speaking of uh, things that were tweeted earlier, Wex. Did you see what Adam Schefter tweeted about T.J. Watt? We mentioned he got his big deal, $112 million. Um, This is according to Adam Schefter. T.J. Watt overruled his agents, who believed they could get more money today, marched into the office of Steelers president Art Rooney and told him they had a deal. Then, the NFL's new highest-paid defensive player excused himself and announced he had to go work out. Is that not the most J.J. Watt thing ever to do? So it's interesting. Ian Rappaport tweeted they had a deal. Mm-hmm. Then he sent a second tweet out with some more details of, of the deal. And at the same time or thereabouts, Adam Schefter tweeted they were working towards a deal. Normally, that's the first tweet comes from one of these reporters. Basketball the same way. Shams will tweet. They're making progress towards a deal. And 45 seconds later, he'll say they have a deal. Or he being Adrian Wojnarowski. Steelers and TJ Watt have made significant progress on an extension. Expected to be completed in the next 24 hours, per source. The deal will make him the highest paid defensive player in the NFL. It's getting done, per source. And literally, this was coming out as Ian was reporting the deal was done. Which... The subsequent Schefter tweet that you read makes a whole lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Overruling an agent or the agency that Schefter may have been in contact with saying, no, we're getting close. I mean, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of, you know, we will work on this and that. And, you know, he'll be out there Sunday for sure with a new contract. And at the same time, TJ said, we're going to have a new contract now. And I'm going to tell them I'm ready to sign. Here's the deal. Get it done. It's done, according to me, and I'm going to get ready for our first win of the season this Sunday. And to answer your question, yeah, sounds a lot like something I would expect, I would have expected JJ to do if if that particular situation arose for him. How well is that family doing? Uh, pretty well. Like, so I just happened to see someone tweet best, better pass rushing brothers. Clearly, they're saying, "Do you want the Watts?" Or do you want the Bosa's? Well, I want the Watts. Well, the Watts' career currently better because JJ's got all sorts of hardware and everything in the closet of what he's done already, and TJ's about to duplicate it. But the Bosa's might end up being just as dominant and disruptive as TJ, and they've got another eight to ten years ahead of them each. And JJ clearly doesn't. Well, JJ—they're at their peak at the exact same time. So it's harder to judge them versus the Watt brothers because JJ's done. I mean, like anything he does now, he's it's sprinkles and injuries absolutely curtailed what he could have done before. For sure, but like anything he accomplishes now, it's sprinkles on the ice cream sundae. Like his career is written, his story has been told. Like he's a Hall of Famer, first ballot. He wins a Super Bowl. Like even if he makes one play in it, like it just adds to the legacy. TJ Watt and the Bosa brothers. They've got a whole career in front of them still. They have, yep. 
You know, there's probably 25 years of football between the three of these guys. Like 200 sacks probably. ahead of them, three probably. of them combined. I, I mean, I'm a little concerned about both both Bosa's health wise. Right. Like they're not really staying on the field as much as you'd like them to at the beginning of their career. So are they going to have problems in the front and the back end? But if they can get healthy, like they're going to compete with TJ Watt as one of the best defenders of, all, of in the NFL. And do you feel pretty good about this deal from the team standpoint that they're going to get, they got four years from Watt already, and now they're about, and he played all but two games in his first four seasons. This would have been the fifth year of his rookie contract, the option on that rookie year, and now he's got an extension, four-year deal. His next four years, this contract, he should be awesome. The timing of it, the age, and that's what it should be when you hit on your first-round pick. And you reach the time when it's you give them the extension. The entire term of that extension, the player you've just signed, long term, should be awesome. Phenomenal. Yeah. Best years of his career. I'm I'm i I'm a little curious what it's gonna be like without Bud Dupree. Well, yeah. I look it's just that's an impact player that's no longer there. Like it's the same questions you would have had if, if JJ never really got hurt about Clowney. So while we like, don't technically have we haven't rolled out our bold predictions? Yeah, that's first for me. My bold prediction is T.J. Watt with his new contract and his lack of Bud Dupree will produce his highest sack total nice. of his career. Fifteen so far is best. He's actually had more sacks every year of his career. Last year it was fifteen. He will go higher this what year. What was J.J.'s high? Twenty-one. Uh, I believe it was twenty. I, people forget. I really do I think know. they do. I don't think so. No, I think they do. 20 and a half twice. Okay. I think I think JJ is largely underappreciated, and it's going to be like what yeah. we talked about with Andre you Johnson. Know perfect example, okay? Why JJ shouldn't be overlooked, and I don't I don't mean the general sense. I mean, I'm I'm shocked that it is happening versus Andre. What's what stands out about what Andre did in his career? Give me the three things. I'm sorry, but the Cortland Finnegan fight's number one. Okay, a fight is number one. And I got nothing for you. And after nationally that. speaking, that probably does carry weight, but not tremendous. Maybe when he ran over the Arizona Cardinals defense to get into the end zone is, is another. Trucked them That's a and good one, dragged them. When he went over the top against the then Redskins for that late fourth quarter and touchdown. The spike, which was one of the greatest posters ever. Exactly. Well, maybe those are the three moments, maybe. Yeah, that's fair. None of them with. I mean, obviously, one of them clearly was a defining play in a regular season win. That play well, we just talked about. What about the catch against the Titans? Wasn't that a one-handed grab and then stretched out over the end zone? Those He had countless individuals. Yeah, unbelievable. I guess that probably falls into this. So I bring it to the conversation because we have incredibly significant postseason plays and winning plays. Here's why we won the game type plays. From J.J. Those are the that's it's what I thought made Larry Fitzgerald stand out above Andre during their careers at the well, same time because Larry had the advantage of having a Super Bowl run, having the, a postseason where he was playing each week because they were winning each week and he's making plays each week. After the Cowboys but, game in two thousand two, which is still the highlight of the franchise, after game number one in the history of the franchise, <laughs> yes, it's true though, yes. His pick six against the Bengals is probably number two, right? Oh, it's the best play this team's have, this franchise has ever had. No like, question. It's, it's no disrespect to JJ, but like when you don't have that playoff push, the deep playoff push, like you're just not remembered in the same 
way. It's and true. Like, I obviously like I, I and you know I, what? I, I'm too young to be talking about Joe Marino, but like if you ask most people, Who's like, Joe Marino. Like mm-hmm. if you ask like Joe Marino versus Joe Montana, like who's what Joe you, Marino? Like what? Dan Marino. Dan. I'm an idiot. <laughs> the first time I was just being my no, usual I know. self. I was the second thinking, time like, I was like Joe Montana, Dan Marino. I'm an idiot. <laughs> it happens. Like, I was did, just gonna wait to see how many times he would do thank it. You. I think um, he's a cop on a TV just, show. Just correct Joe me. Marino. Just correct me next time. Um, like, see, he, Dan he Marino, knows. like a jerk. If you talk about like his career, like what stands out versus Joe Montana, like there's moments because. You've got that deep run. And like but it's nothing against JJ, but nationally, the things that we are gonna remember here and the fans of the Texans are gonna remember of JJ, like no one cares. No, nationally, here's what they remember. They remember whenever Walter they played the Patriots, the he was a non factor. And that and, and was the team what, in the way. It's ironic because it's true, and yet all of the other playoff games, even Buffalo, where he was not healthy this past one. In all the other games, the Baltimore games, the previous games, the Cincinnati, well, he the was Kansas City a game. monster in almost all of well, But he had his groin hanging off his leg. Same thing. He wasn't healthy. Yeah. He had some unbelievably awesome playoff games. Just insane. Andre did too, and nobody even knows it. His playoff production was excellent. Yeah. You know, the, the time where T.J. Watt thought, thought targeting him on 95% of his throws was Who? a good idea. TJ who? TJ who? TJ Watt, the quarterback for the Texans. <laughs> Are you doing it on purpose, or did you really slip? That game, I it's one of my, as a fan, I think that should be one now of Now I can't m- remember his last name. TJ Yates. Thank you. <laughs> like, he just, should be one of the... He was on the staff last year. <laughs> I kept thinking Watt. I'm like, God, you he guys sh- are That should me. be one of the most regretful, could-have-been moments. Because Shaw was hurt. They so badly outplayed the Ravens that day, in my opinion. Except for their quarterback. Well, Jacoby Jones didn't help. But Arian Foster was a beast. Yates, they they had every chance in the world. He kept throwing into triple coverage, kept forcing. Just I, we know, just don't try too hard. Would you have just given the ball to Arian Foster every I time? Think, I think so. I, I mean, think, seriously, he was another guy. His playoff he, performances were they incredible. were stupid, and he didn't even look like he was trying. And it wasn't him. Yep. It was the that's the way he ran. The next time we talk about an incredible Texans individual playoff performance that hasn't happened yet. Will be when? Twenty twenty five. Wow! Because you have to get the pieces, and then you have to go through the growing pains, and they don't have the pieces, let alone the growing pains. None of that's happened. What a great time to be alive! Boy, that golden age of great Houston day sports. To be a it la- <laughs> it's a great day. There's Ross. Let's get him to come in here and do his perfect Cal McNair impression. It's a great day to be a Texan. Why you look like Carlito right now with your hair? My gosh, that thing is like luscious. All right, uh, it is the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790. You know what else is luscious? Classic Chevy in Sugarland and Classic Chevy Highway 6. Two locations to serve you, run by Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian, who can get the job done. They can put you into the vehicle of your dreams, and better yet, they can make the experience of getting into it just that. Too many times a car-obtaining uh, situation is a process. It is. It's just a headache. You spend all the time in the finance office, wasting time, wasting minutes of your life, hours of your life away, and you're just exhausted by the time the whole situation is done with. Not so with Classic Chevy in Sugarland and Classic Chevy Highway 6. First off, that Highway 6 location is open for your convenience on Sundays, a day of the week that's not typically uh, where a dealership would be open, but they do that for you out there. 
Either location is going to hook you up with a lifetime engine guarantee, a lifetime of car washes, and two years of free maintenance. They show you what it means to relax and enjoy the difference. That's why they're the GM dealer of the year, 10 years in a row. Tell them the A-Team from Sports Talk 790 sent you in to Classic Chevy in Sugarland and Classic Chevy Highway 6. Adam and Adam, the A-Team in the afternoon. What a came up with that idea? Possibly Adam. Back to Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler on Sports Talk 790. A little bit earlier today, the Texans made it official, announcing they had traded Bradley Roby to the New Orleans Saints. A little bit earlier than that, the NFL made it official when they put it in their transaction report. Bradley Roby to the New Orleans Saints for a 2022 third round selection and the conditional pick from the New England or the New Orleans Saints to the Texans in 2023 is a conditional sixth round pick although currently I don't know exactly what those conditions are uh, Texans reworked Roby's deal prior to trading him in order to facilitate the deal in other words taking on more of Roby's money themselves so the Saints could fit him under their cap, essentially buying the the trade ships, uh, buying the prospects, if you will, that they got back from New Orleans. Uh, both Vernon Hargraves and Justin Reed, who should be starters, coming up on Saturday afternoon against Trevor Lawrence, met with the media today, and to no one's surprise, they both said they were surprised uh, to learn of Bradley Roby being traded. Obviously, it's a business, the usual stuff. We just go out there and play, can't really concern ourselves with that, but like normal football-savvy players, like we are sitting in this room, savvy people, it, it's pretty clear the Texans traded one of their better players away for future considerations. A player who was not only better than a lot of the players they have, technically their best at his position, but also made a ton of money and was someone who was clearly an asset to another team, so much so that two draft picks were acquired for him. It's hard to look past that, until you go back to work. I mean, the Texans deep down, the players, they, they know what's happening now. If they weren't already aware of it, this is a very clear indication. It made it more difficult for them to go out there on Sundays after this one, because Roby is not eligible for week one. It made it more difficult for them to go out there and win. I don't think Roby was going to turn um, losses into wins all by himself, but each and every move you make that takes talent off the football team, it, it adds up very quickly, and it's already a team that was deficient at that talent spot. Uh, their group of corners, like I mentioned yesterday when we caught wind of this deal briefly, um, it's all new. Uh, there's not a single cornerback that was not signed by Nick Casario. Obviously, Vernon Hargraves was here last year, but that was on a one-year deal last year, and it expired, and he was on his way, and they re-signed him in March. Casario did. The other five cornerbacks are all new to the team. Uh, they are hoping that the front can get something done against Trevor Lawrence and whomever else. Uh, and again, these first three weeks of the season, they face Trevor Lawrence, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, far from a you know murderer's row of elite quarterbacks. I definitely think Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback and a playoff caliber quarterback. And he's coming off a season where he was much improved and could show that improvement again this year. And Darnold's playing with a better group of talent around him. He's the best player in the backfield he's ever had, and he probably has the best group of wideouts he's had. He's back with Robbie Anderson as well. So it's good, but... I think it's going to look even better playing against this Texans set of cornerbacks. 
That will uh, start on Sunday, obviously, with the noon kick against the Jags. Tonight, you got Cowboys and Tampa Bay. Score prediction? I believe they will both do that. <laughs> Come on, Wex. A Don't score be a total Wex Brett blanket. Uh, you need a score prediction well, on the like opening game before, of the season? Well, it's like I said before the show. It's going to be feel 38 like, to 28. Bucks win. I feel like it was either going to be a blowout, Bucks. Or it was going to be completely like nail biting competitive, and I didn't think there was. I will applaud points in between. Mike McCarthy for not kicking field goals in a game where he knows the other team is going to score. Cowboys will score four times all touchdowns. Bucks will score six times, five touchdowns and a field goal. 38-28. Man, just running up and down the field on that defense, which is kind of what Joe predicted. Speaking, of, we oh, this even... is an elite offense. I don't yeah. think every offense is going to make Dan Quinn's defense look as bad as they were last year, but I do think that will be the case tonight. Is there? Do you think their defense got worse than last year? The Cowboys? Yeah. No. Okay. Better coach, better personnel. Well, Micah Parsons has a very good chance of being defensive rookie that, of the year. Now that definitely. I think he's going to be awesome in the NFL. Maybe maybe that was a little too. Uh, Gregory over, might be good. Over the top. I, I could be. Demarcus Lawrence should be good. But I, they were so bad. Yes. They're kind of. They're a lot like the Texans, actually. I mean, their their talent's not great, and they didn't make a total overhaul. But I think they have enough. Enough of a, an advancement in talent, and those players are specific to it, and I do think they have a better scheme in place now with Dan Quinn. By the way, in case you missed our uh, NFL predictions, they are up on uh, the Twitter account, on the blog, Sports Talk 790 uh, You can check out what we think will happen, because you have still a few minutes left, at least, until the season begins. But before we step aside for the day and uh, get you ready for the weekend officially, want to tell you one more time about Aqueduct Plumbing Company and the fact that if you need that hot water heater and you want it to be tankless, more energy efficient, and obviously better performance overall, you want to get it from Aqueduct Plumbing Company. Too many times you've got that traditional tank, or in my case we had two of them, uh, traditional tank water heaters that sounded like a herd of elephants up in the attic because they were on their way out. That's the first sign, that horrible noise you hear, that knocking and everything else that goes with it. With a tankless water heater, not only are you not dealing with that, obviously, you're dealing with a very, very energy efficient solution to a problem that you have, which is not enough hot water. You're going to get 24 straight hours of hot water from the tankless water heater that Aqueduct Plumbing Company can bring to your home, install, and give you the peace of mind knowing you don't have to worry about hot water ever again for dishes, for laundry, and of course for those long baths and or showers. You can get it done with Aqueduct Plumbing Company. 281-488-6238 is their telephone number. 281-488-6238 or online at aqueductplumbingcompany.com. Aqueduct Plumbing Company, they're at your disposal. That is going to do it for today's show. Got to tell you uh, thanks again for uh, participating and that we are going to be out there at Minute Maid Park tomorrow getting you ready for that series with Shohei Otani and the Angels. Blummer will be along for the first hour as we broadcast live from Minute Maid Park. You never know what other surprises might fall out as well as we get you ready for the first football weekend of the NFL season. It starts in a few hours. We'll have all the discussion on Cowboys and Tampa Bay tomorrow when we join you at 3 o'clock. For Joe, for Wex, I'm AC. It is the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790. We'll talk to you again tomorrow at 3.